What's up, everyone? This is Steven Jensen. And before you hear this conversation with myself and Doug Bateman talking NXT results, because the show's just happened the last couple days, so we're going to give a review of NXT, the stuff we liked, the stuff we didn't. We're going to do a full preview of WWE WrestleMania. We're going to be talking Will Ospreay winning the New Japan Pro Wrestling's IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. We're going to talk AEW. We talk a whole bunch of stuff in this episode. But before we get started, I want to tell you about our friends over at WrestleRumble.com. Because it is WrestleMania season, and WrestleRumble has some serious giveaways and contests going on. Right now, on the website, WrestleRumble.com, the WrestleMania Pick'em Contest. First place is $1,000, second place is $100, and third place is $100. So a total of $1,200 on the line to pick WrestleMania predictions. So basically what you do is you jump on the website, they have one entry for 10 bucks. Three entries for 20 bucks or five entries for 30 bucks. You're going to wind up filling out a whole questionnaire. It's going to have winners and losers of matches, different stipulations, possible surprises, a whole bunch of stuff on there. Whoever does the best winds up getting a thousand bucks. Whoever does second best gets a hundred, third best gets a hundred as well. So take advantage of that. If you're a fan of professional wrestling and you think you know what's going to happen at WrestleMania, get in on these contests. And it's sad because they didn't have one for NXT. They had a belt giveaway, which was awesome. But I got every single prediction right for both no, for both nights of TakeOver. So I really wish they would have had a contest for that. I actually won the entire contest for WrestleMania 34 weekend um, for NXT. It was that show that was headlined by Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Uh, that also included the six-man tag team match, uh, the tag team ladder match for the first ever North American champion. All that good stuff. I actually won that whole contest, and they sent me a replica NXT World title belt, which Aleister Black was holding at the time. So, the prizes are real. Get in on the contest. And, you know, if you know about WrestleMania and you've been paying attention to WWE, this is this is your year because a lot of people like myself have been pretty disconnected from WWE as far as, like, Raw and SmackDown are concerned. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you've been paying close attention, you might have a really, good, a really damn good shot at winning, you know, $1,000 plus on this show. And also what they're doing on the website, they're doing a Stone Cold belt giveaway and a Legends of WrestleMania belt giveaway. Those are only $1 each. So the Stone Cold belt giveaway, the WWE just recently put out a replica. It's not even a replica. It's like a legacy title. And they've been doing it for wrestlers lately. Like Eddie Guerrero recently got one. The Undertaker recently got one. This is like a really cool looking like silver slash metallic full-sized title belt. But it's completely customized for Stone Cold Steve Austin. It isn't the smoke and skull belt that most people remember, but it looks very similar to that. It's badass, and they've only made 500 of them. So they're limited edition. And once again, if you jump on WrestleRumble.com, $1 could win you that title belt. And the same for the next contest. Only it's even crazier because they're giving away three title belts. Once again, it's going to be three winners for this, but $1 entry. So hypothetically speaking, you throw $3 in the... Uh, which one was this? This was the Wrestle, the Legends of WrestleMania belt giveaway. One person's going to win a custom WrestleMania moments belt, which like the center plate has Daniel Bryan holding up both world titles after winning them at WrestleMania 30 and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Like I think Steamboat and Savage are on the side plates and Rock and Hogan are on the side plates. Really cool title belt. The Someone else is going to win a Smoke and Skull championship, the Steve Austin replica title, which was uh, what I was talking about before. Like the, the prize for the other the other contest is a totally different belt, but the Smoking Skull belt that everyone remembers is a part of this contest here, and also someone's going to win a Brahma Bull 
replica title, which was never used on television, but we've seen it in the video games. Um, the Rock was, it was basically the Rock's version of a smoking skull belt. It was the Brahma Bull belt. And all three of those belts are going to go to three different people for $1 entries. So once again, support WrestleRumble.com, jump on there, be a part of the contest, and uh, yeah, win a bunch of cash and prizes. So once again, WrestleRumble.com, and make sure to follow them on social media to stay up to date with all their contests and giveaways at WrestleRumble. So without further ado, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode of me and Doug Bateman talking a whole bunch of pro wrestling. We'll, we'll probably get started with NXT first since it's ever, it's fresh on everybody's uh, mind. Let me uh, get this out here. Cool. Sorry, y'all. We're a little unprepared because like the show literally went like an hour longer than we were expecting. So we're just kind of getting set up and everything here. I knew we were in trouble when I saw that like Finn and um, Cross was like it was like nine forty or whatever eight forty, and I'm like uh, either the main events getting ten minutes or this thing is about to be way over. Yeah. Yeah. And we wound up getting the, the hour. <laughs> the hour. I mean, what do you want to start with? Or do you want to just hang for a second and see what people are saying? Let people kind of trickle in. Well, I think this is weird. Um, I think this is weird that uh, they, that we have to start with the main event of what, but I want to go what's fresh on my mind right now. So, Let's talk about the Kyle O'Reilly um, Adam Cole match. Cool. Uh, I, this match kind of confused me. So I thought the effort was amazing. I thought the 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 spots were cool. There definitely was some extra spots that we've never seen before from them. But man, I thought the pacing was really off on this thing. Like it felt like. It felt like it went like 40, 45 minutes. I, I don't know how long it went, but that's what it felt like. And I just expected more of a faster pace, in-your-face type of match. And this was really a lot about storytelling. And honestly, when they brought out the chains, I was just like, bro, like they're going to act like we've never seen their matches before. And so that, that kind of bothered me. I thought that their entrance music... Um, their new entrance music. I wasn't a fan really of either one. I liked Kyle's new look. I didn't really, I mean, Adam to me looks pretty still undisputed era. Basically undisputed era was kind of already off of Adam's design. So that's kind of what it looks like. Um, but I thought both musics were pretty generic. They should, I don't know what Mike Johnson's doing, but maybe they should give him a call again because those were not really capturing what I was expecting, but like, I don't want to crap on this match. These guys killed themselves in there. Like Kyle's back was ravaged. Adam's hand was cut. Like they went for it. Um, they told a story, but man, it just felt like it felt like almost like a segment instead of a match at points. And it just went really, really long. Yeah, it was definitely really long, and especially because I think people were expecting, because last night ended around, like, nine-year time, right? Right, So yeah. 
So it's like, I think people were kind of had the mindset of it going, you know, a certain amount of time. So then once it kind of hit that 10, like, here's a perfect example. My brother and one of my friends were over watching the show and they both left a little after 10 because like they thought it was going to be over at 10. They got stuff yeah. to do tomorrow. They had planned for 10 o'clock because last night was 10 o'clock. And um, so it's just one of those things where like, I think everyone's kind of, and then for someone like myself, who's been watching independentwrestling.tv and fight TV all day as well. Um, yeah. it, it, it starts to get long, but, but I will say this, you know, I, I said it on, on our last podcast, Kyle and Adam are probably my two like overall favorite wrestlers in the WWE. I've wanted this match since both guys signed. I love their stuff that they did, you know, before the WWE. So, you know, it was going to be hard to live up to like, you know, real expectations. Like I didn't really know what to expect out of this one. But I think they went hard as hell in there, like you said. I thought yeah. they they really I mean, they told a good story. And the only real criticism I would have outside of maybe the length of just being a bit too long is that you really see, you know, I can't like really point fingers for sure, but there seems to be kind of a pattern in certain NXT matches where it's like that Shawn Michaels influence of like the over oh, yeah. storytelling. You yes. know, it's like the second Adam Cole starts yelling, like, you hear me? You you you, you yeah. understand? It's like, you know, he's about to get, he's about to get finished because like, right. they, they never just say all that and then, then just win. Like it just never works out that way. And we saw it a lot. It was something that is a big reason I started souring on Johnny Gargano is because a lot of his matches I'd be really into. And then he'd just like look lovingly into his opponent's eyes and like hold their hands. Like it was like a love story between him and Champa at, at points where I was like, this is kind of soft. Like I want to see these guys beat the hell out of each other. I want to see them like hugging each other. Like, you know, and so I think there's just a little bit of all that with, with this, but I did like the match. I did enjoy it. And I love Kyle yeah. winning. Like Kyle yeah, winning was the I love right, that too. that's the right move. And the finish was great. Like it looked brutal with the, the, the chair drop. collapsing. If the chair yes. didn't collapse, I don't think it would have looked as good, but when the chair collapsed, it made it look more powerful. So yeah, I agree with that. And sounded uh, better too yeah. when it, when it folded. Yeah. For sure. It looked good, but but it's almost like the story they told was basically like Kyle had to go to a level that he normally doesn't go to, but it's almost like he, he has to sell his soul to go to that level. So it feels like to me, if they were to get rid of Adam, like Adam's off TV or Adam's gone, then Kyle needs to be heel, not face because it's like, I went to a, a level that I didn't know I could and I damn near killed my best friend or former best friend. And now I have no emotion left. Now I am on a rampage. Like that's the type that it feels like. It didn't feel like that uh, a baby face just overcame um, his biggest like uh, foe. To me, it came more across like someone that had to basically tap into something that he never wanted to, but now it's there forever type thing. Yeah, I see what you're saying. He, like he like sunk down to his level kind right. of thing to get because the he was he hesitant. Needed. He was hesitant to even hurt him doing the final uh, suplex on the steel steps, and then it was like a the only way he could beat Kyle was he had to do what he didn't feel comfortable with doing. So to me, it's like almost like he's he's hitting that switch that it, it takes him away from being a babyface. 
Like he's standing there watching Adam Cole get stretchered on a gurney with the neck brace and everything. And it's like, he, he doesn't really know how to register that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how, like, what stories come out of this because I think it's pretty clear Adam Cole, like that looked like a send off to me from NXT. Um, I'd imagine he'll be on Raw or SmackDown sometime like shortly after WrestleMania. Um, not that I necessarily want that to happen, but I also don't want him to get into like Gargano and Champa purgatory where like yeah. they're going to have good matches, but like they're just not going to keep being the, they just can't be the champions forever. And they have to eventually just start putting other people over. So, um, yeah, but I, and also with Kyle, if they make his character, because I think ultimately, I don't know if it happens right away. But we talked about it last week. If this leads to um, Kyle versus Carrying uh, Cross at some point down the yeah. line, and he's the one who beats Carrion, like maybe if that's kind of the story that you're saying, like maybe he needs that part of him, like to beat someone like Carrion Cross, like he needs maybe. to know he can go there because Carrion's yeah. a monster. They made him look yep. unstoppable. Yeah. Um, so, because also, isn't it annoying when, you know, there are wrestlers, I, I remember Bailey, this being a story years ago, where she was, like, afraid to, like, go hardcore or whatever, and, yeah. you know, like, you know, I hate those kind of stories, where it's like, you're also a pro wrestler, like, this is about beating people up and winning matches and making money and, and settling scores, like, I don't want to yeah. see you wimp out of taking someone out who's been destroying your life. Right. So, well, and, that, and that, that's the thing, that was the kind of the, the story that was just kind of weird to me, like, I, I don't know. It, it it was a good match though. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it wasn't a good match, and I'm not saying they didn't bust their ass. So I feel weird about it. But do do I feel like fulfilled? Like that was everything that I wanted? Like mm, not really. To me, the video package was unbelievable. Like they they hit a home run with that. Um, if you watch on the network, there's actually like a 12 minute version of that thing, and it's awesome. One of my favorite lines in it was um, Adam Cole was like, you know, you say you can't sleep good at night or whatever. And he's like, well, I just buy a better bed. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a hill thing to say. But, um, yeah, so it it was a cool build-up, cool storylines. I'm also iffy on the fans and the screens and the piped-in noise, which didn't seem – to me, it didn't seem like they used much piped-in noise tonight. Last night they did. But yeah. tonight it seemed like that they learned their lesson on that end. But it's like a mix of both. So you still feel like that you're in like the, the dome, but there's fans too. I don't know. It yeah. It was just weird to get used to. Yeah. Um and Kogan just made a comment. I think that's maybe what I was talking about. It was something about her like not wanting to use a Singapore cane or something. We've seen that story in the past, though, is my point, is like that story of like somebody just not willing. Actually, it was the Gargano and Champa story. Like that was Gargano's yeah. whole thing was he couldn't go to Gargano. He couldn't go to Champa's level, and he kept losing. It's almost it's almost like Shawn Michaels really has his hands on both of these feuds. Like it seems like it to me. So yeah, it's starting to look like a pattern. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was good. The the one final thing I'll say about it, like. At first, it felt like a PG version of Final Battle. That's really what oh, it felt like. Kinda, you know what yeah. I mean? Way like, less blood. Really, way less blood, <laughs> not as brutal, much more slower, um, more methodical, more talking about the story than an actual match in a fight. Um, but then towards the end, it started to pick up with bigger spots and false finishes and things like that. 
So overall, I mean, I probably give it like an eight out of 10 on that match. Like I, I thought it was a good match. It's just, I just feel like that they could have formatted it differently. You know, Sean's got to realize not everything can be Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and not every storyline requires that. You know what I mean? I totally agree. And you have to acknowledge that, like, like they did, but they didn't. Like, you you have to understand the history of these guys. And if you're an NXT fan, you likely know what's going on. Unless you're just a WWE fan that only watches NXT, like, because you give it a chance because it's a WWE product. But, like... We've seen these guys before. We've seen these guys kill each other before. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it was just kind of weird. Um, yeah. Let's I think go there's going to be a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of mixed feelings from the fan base about it. Like, I think everyone's going to agree that it was it was a good match and they went out there and, and worked hard as hell. But I think a lot of people are going to also think that it was, like, long. So I think we're going to see a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. So what what did you think of Finn and Cross? I thought it was really good. You know, like for for what I I actually expected it to be shorter, to be honest, because I, I just yeah, know how too. I just know how much of a monster they're trying to make carrying cross out to be. So like, um, and he's a good choice. Like, I mean, he checks every box that WWE's looking for. So, um, you know, and the also only thing that concerns me is like whenever they put big production into these guys, when they start to not get as pushed, the production kind of goes away. Yeah. And then it just kind of like falls flat. You know what I mean? Like you can only do this for so long. So that, that, that's my, like, you know, like your Alistair Blacks, right? Like he's this huge insurance, the whole thing. And then after a while, it's just kind of like, all right, just come out to your music. whatever. You know, That's very true. They do that with a lot of people, almost everybody. Um, and, and I really don't like, I haven't ever, and I still don't like uh, Scarlet lip syncing the entrance. I just think it looks cheesy. But if if they change that, and it was just because I think the pairing of him and her looks awesome, like the two of them together is like a great visual. But if it if his entrance just started where like the music just picks up and like the strobes are going and the red lighting and stuff, and he's just standing there like next to her, I think that does more for him than her, her coming out and like pretending to sing the song before he comes out. So yeah, I do like though that it goes black to white to color when the music hits. I think that's dope. They do a yeah. good job on that. So, I mean, and I don't know what you do with Finn. Like, does he want to go back to the WWE? Is he right? Does he want to stay in NXT? Like, I I don't understand what you do there. Um, And with Cross, like, he seems destined to go to the WWE soon. So, I, I just don't know the path of him being champion and how long he stays there and and all that, like to me, NXT, like the younger stars aren't really there anymore. Like the ones that are the more up and coming that really get you going, they're more of the, I don't know how you say it, but more the lower end indie guy or the more developmental type. Cause like, let's say, I mean, like when they signed Kevin Steen and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, like, and Kenta, and Finn, and Pac, like, and Sami Zayn. Like, these were huge names in the independents. We're getting to the point now where, like, a Shane Strickland, I mean, yes, he's good, don't get me wrong, but these aren't the same type of names. And if you lose Adam Cole, if you lose Finn, 
I don't know if NXT can really like carry that brand without those guys. Yeah, we. I don't know how they're gonna do it. You know, like I, it, it's that's a whole like I do a whole podcast on just that because like so much of that has to do with the progression of these guys and girls in the indies now. It just things are just happening so much faster for them than it used to be. So like someone like Blake Christian, for instance, who was you know a security guard tonight yeah. in the main event. You know, yeah. you know, he's one of the most entertaining in ring guys in the world, in my opinion. Right. Um, but his run at like the quote unquote top of the Indies was very, very short because the WWE went on a hiring spree and like yep. they picked up, you know, Alex Zane, Ben Carter, like all these guys are kind of in the same boat where they're getting uh, Christian Casanova, like all these guys that are getting signed. And I think they definitely have the talent to be where they're going, but they didn't have like the five, 10 years of like being. Nope big time indie names and have like this because part of it was a lot of these guys had so much fan support because they were the indie darlings that WWE didn't want. So like we were behind them because we're like, you know what? If you don't want them, we don't know why, because they're more entertaining than the guys you're putting on the show. And we were going out there supporting the Davey Richards of the world. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. um, so I think that's a big part of it too. Like the, it all just moves so much faster. Um, and you know, the, and I think the indies are, are good, because I like, you know, I think the next generation is ready too. Like there's a lot of talent, I think, on the undercard of the Indies now that's ready to take those main spots if it just keeps moving quickly. But I think that's what we're seeing. And I think that's why we're going to get that Evolve show for NXT also to introduce probably people like, you know, Blake Christian who didn't have a lot of time on the Indies, you know, before he gets to NXT or something like that. Yeah, like, and like Adam Cole has been in the business for 13 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's either you pull, it's time to put him on the WWE major brand or like, I, he can't stay in NXT. You know what I mean? Like at some point you've got to go on and, and move him up. And like I said, I don't, and I feel like part of me feels like that they're really about to start the uh, movement of NXT being the developmental system again. Mm. and not being uh, advertised as a third brand anymore because I think that's one of the big reasons why they're changing people's names is because they want their own creations and they're not willing to get buzz by taking people and using those names to put on their program. And so I, I think from here on out, I don't care who they sign, they're changing their name. I think it's going to happen to most of them. And, and AEW played a big part in that, too, because there was that span where they were letting people keep their names, and then once AEW came around... It, but, I mean, every now and then, like... it's uh, a good example. Um, like, Kurt Stallion kept his name from the Indies, and he's on 205 Live, and, like, I don't know why. I mean, like, I, it was his name on the Indies. I'm sure he, he either owns the name or he sold it to the WWE. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's weird how they kind of pick and choose who gets to keep them and who doesn't. But I'm with you. I think... 99% of the people that get signed going forward, they'll change their name because they want the, the rights to their likenesses. Yeah. And they don't want necessarily to, if I look up an Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly match, Ring of Honor stuff pops up. They right. want their own type of stuff. So I heard this, which makes me sad, but Is I that knew true? it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to make He wasn't going to make it. When they said that he was in a... Uh, basically a vegetable state like you, you don't come back from that that's just basically a family deciding on whether you are going to live or die like but you're just prolonging the process but you're done your brain right. dead. 
So when I heard that, I knew that that was it. Yeah, it's a bummer. I liked his music. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I grew up with DMX. Like, his first three albums were incredible. And, like, he was a guy that was willing to, like, have songs with Marilyn Manson and sing. Like, you weren't seeing too many rappers, like, having arguments with the devil. And, like, he was just a really deep dude. I mean, I'll probably listen to Slip, Slip In Tonight and probably cry because he was a huge part um, of, like, that whole Limp Biscuit, DMX, Corn, yeah, you know, for sure. Kid Rock, like Eminem, Jay Z, like all that era. Oh yeah, so, for sure. I bought like, Rock Riders Anthem often growing up. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm the 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 DMX, um, uh, the out the first album with the intro. I mean, Tyson came out to that. Chuck Liddell always came out to that. And then Anderson Silva, Ain't No Sunshine. Yep. Like he he definitely left an imprint. Um, I mean, I think that I think he's one of the most underrated when it comes to like all time greats, because like I said, his first three albums were absolutely ridiculous. He fell off a little bit after that, but I uh I I hate to see him pass away. It's unfortunate. But I one time heard him basically say like that his outcome is already determined. It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter how famous he is, how much money he has, where he came from. Like this is the way he's going to go out. And I mean, he was a true drug addict. There's no doubt about it. Like he's been fighting this stuff forever and he, he just couldn't beat it. And he lost, he lost his life because of it. So it's unfortunate. Um, Like I said, big DMX fan. Yeah. It's, uh, it's too bad. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah, he was huge. He was very, I mean, like late nineties, early two thousand and stuff, all the movies and stuff he was into. I mean, he was like very, everybody knew DMX. I mean, even if you were joking about it, you know what I mean? Yep. Like it was like, everyone knew what that was, you know? Like yeah. what? Real dog yeah. snip blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. yeah rest, in, rest in peace, DMX. That's, yeah, that for sure. Sucks. That's a bummer. But all right. Uh, after that note, um, uh, what did you think? So, anyways, about Cross, the the where I thought they should have finished it to make him look like a real killer is when he was elbowing Finn in the back of the head and everything. I think Finn just shouldn't have been shouldn't have got up. I think he should have just been out cold. They raised his hand. And that's it. Like, I don't think it should have continued after that. That would have made him look like an absolute killer. So. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. He looked like he was out, and and what I like that they. I like that they didn't do the thing they normally do with these kind of NXT matches where someone's passed, like someone's knocked out and the referee like separates the wrestlers and like checks on the person who's out cold. I'm always like, if you have to be mate, if you have to be checking, shouldn't that person just have lost? Like they're out. It's, it's over. You know, yeah. like why is the referee checking to make sure they're okay before this person attacks them? So oh, then one more spot. Sorry about the Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. Like Adam Cole knocks out the referee, but then he goes for his finisher yeah. and he's upset that the referee is out cold. Like, dude, you knocked him out. Like, what did you expect? I totally so I thought agree. That, I thought that was kind of just unnecessary sloppiness, but whatever. Um, yeah. And he's like yelling, wake up at him. It's like, you just knocked him out. Yeah. You know, like, wake up in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of so, eh, whatever. Um, 
But yeah, so I, I thought that the the match was. I mean, it, it is what it is. I didn't expect it to be anything amazing. Finn kind of has a different style in WWE, and Cross is definitely somewhat limited. He's more about uh, character and look and all that stuff. But I don't think he's terrible or anything. And I guess Disco Inferno trained him. No way, really. Yeah, I think so. And because he's from Vegas and Disco lives in Vegas and Disco was like bragging about it on Twitter. And I and I know he's been pushing Cross a lot in his podcast and stuff. So I guess he trained him, which is just really weird, right? Because like Brian Myers trained MJF, like the guys that you would think would never be able to produce like legit talent. There you go. What care? But I want... Because I know Karrion Cross has an MMA background. I don't think he actually yes. competed, but I don't um, think so either. But I wonder who trained him in that because that seems to. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Disco Inferno. Like I've talked about it before, I've assigned Disco Inferno eight by ten in my office here. Yeah. Like I was a fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved WCW growing up. Trust me. But right. um, I mean, I got an Alex Wright lube over there too. I mean, I was a power. I was, I was in it. But I want to know because he looks much more influence on the MMA side in his in his pro wrestling. Oh, for sure. You know what for I mean? Sure. So I want I wonder who trained him I, on the MMA side. I think Disco also mainly just taught him the basics like selling and making sure it looks real and you know like he's an old school guy. And if you watch Cross like he's definitely much more old school. He doesn't do a lot of crazy spots or anything like that. So his finisher is a is a backdrop essentially. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um so yeah Honestly, I I didn't. What did you think of the ladder match? I mean, I like both guys. I like Devlin and uh, Escobar. I didn't like how Legado del Fantasma came out and like helped Escobar, yeah. but then yeah. moments later, like they were. I don't. I might. I might have missed something that happened, but like the next thing I knew, they were just gone, and like he stopped him from like Devlin got back in the ring and stopped Escobar from winning at one point, and I was like. Why wouldn't Legado Fantasma just stay out there and keep him from coming back in the ring if they? But anyways, outside of that, I thought it was pretty good. The finish looked brutal. Him going through that ladder off the ladder. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Um, I think the right person won. By the way, I, I had Escobar in our predictions. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you see the effort. I just, I, 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 I think we're just all over the dome, man. I really do. I think we're ready for crowds. I think that we need the energy. I just think that this, this stuff is falling flat. And like, I'm concerned to a point to where this is really up WWE's alley. Like, if you watch how they can have like the lighting and make everything so um, cinematic, like. I feel like that that's more in their favor of what they would like to produce. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like that if they can find a way to replace the revenue of ticket sales and just be able to go out there and produce the way that they want to produce, I don't know how eager they're going to be to have fans back. I really did you, don't. Did you see that Seth Rollins interview from the other day? Seth Rollins, Bailey. I've heard a bunch of them that are just like, it's been better. Roman, they've all said it that they feel like that it's better without fans because they can focus more on their character and they can deliver things and they won't be interrupted and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, that ain't it. That yeah. ain't it. It's, it's an interesting take from like those wrestlers, like, like a Seth Rollins, for instance, because 
like I, it's, it's just one of those things where, because like I, I, this is literally just assuming, but I would assume Kevin Owens would say the same thing. I would assume, you know what I mean? I think at, at, at a certain point, if you're a big enough fan of the company and you like working there enough and you feel comfortable, you're just I, brainwashing isn't the right word, but it's, it's like you're, I think they just get really disconnected from what it was like when they were fans before they got into it. Like it's, it's a perfect example of like seeing how the meat is, is made. You know what I mean? Like they're they're They know too much about the process. They're a part of it. And they're just, you know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't care what, what I think anymore because like they're so in it that it just my opinion just doesn't matter anymore to them Um, and I I can't like really blame them for that because they have great careers and they're making great money and they get to be pro quote unquote pro wrestlers they're going to be sports entertainers for a living but it does kind of suck to know that they had to have kind of forgotten what it was like because so many of these performers were, were talking about were the ones that were the fans in the crowd making noise and cheering and booing the people that they liked growing up. And now they're more concerned about, you know, fans not quote unquote hijacking a storyline or a show and and having to change course. But isn't that the whole point of pro wrestling is like you do things based on the fan reaction. Like that's what makes it fun for everybody. But they've completely forgot that. But hold on. Is that what the WWE wants though? No, I'm saying and no, they the don't. Right. They're very they're becoming very corporate from the peacock crap to like not having fans to um finding ways to to co- go around that and yeah. still being able to make money, still being able to sign TV contracts and all that stuff. Like it concerns me because I, but I do feel like whoever is running a wrestling show that allows fans, that's a huge advantage for that show. And I feel like that's one of the main reasons why they still would do that. But man, honestly, like if they were the only show in town, I don't know if they would bring fans back because then whoever's a heel is a heel. Right. You can't sure. change that. Whoever's a face is a face. You know, you can't change that. But I feel like that takes so much of the emotion out of pro wrestling. But I don't think that that bothers them. I think that they want to be able to tell – because what do they say all the time? We tell stories. Well, what better way to tell stories than to not have any fans, to be able to control – and, like, one thing I didn't like in the Adam Cole match – and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly is they piped in the audio when they were sitting in the chairs to mm-hmm. make sure you heard what they were saying. So that's why I said it feels almost like it's a segment. It feels almost like it's a promo than necessarily a match. And it, it, it like takes you out of it a little bit. So I don't know. It's just something I've thought about. Like, do they really want fans back? Because to me, Vince would have been a Dana White back in the day and been like, we're selling a place out. And now it's more like, uh, you know, you can delete this from Peacock and you can do this. And how much are you paying me for this? Okay, we'll do this. Like, it just seems like they're, they're kind of selling out. Well, I, they're absolutely selling out. I mean, that that's, they've been selling out. Like, this is just another I mean, an example selling of selling out. out. But, but I almost felt like that they just did what they wanted because it was Vince's vision. 
But I feel like they're now becoming way more corporate. Bro, when they started going to Saudi Arabia during all that stuff, is I lost a lot of faith in that company. When they started, like, it is about the bag. It is not about well, anything other than all those, money. All those banned words that you yeah, can't like, say anymore. The word, the word wrestling, I'm pretty sure, is on the list. I could be wrong, but, like, I'm, I mean, it's, like, it's, like, really common words that you'd hear in combat sports or that you'd hear. It's so bizarre, and the thing is, like, I, I do agree 100% with what you're saying about they can control their own narrative by not having fans. But at the same time, once again, this is a company that can't create stars. They would have never created Stone Cold Steve Austin if it wasn't the fans getting behind Steve Austin. He was a 100%. heel. And they never changed his character. He was never a baby face. He just fought bad guys. Like, they, you know, and that was the character. But if the crowd would have never relayed that to the WWE – via the live audience, they would not have known to have him starting to fight bad guys. And all of a sudden you're making more money and more people are watching than ever, but you wouldn't have known that the fans liked him. You would have just been pushing. You would have, it would have been him as the ringmaster out there, you know, because it doesn't matter what the fans think. It's just whatever story they're trying to tell. And I get what you're saying, but now I don't know if that's necessarily the goal anymore as the money's already made. Right. TV contracts are signed. The network deal is signed. You're you're already getting the money. So what is the incentive of really pushing and trying to get more popular and bigger and all that stuff? True. That's what concerns me. Yeah, but but I think we've been trending that way for a really long time because because like I, I and once again I to- like I fully fully agree with you because I I've, I've also said for quite a while that from the fans perspective, like we want stars. Like when you see, like when John Cena comes back to the show, he feels like a significantly larger star than anybody else they have. It's not even close. Yes. And, you know, and from a fan standpoint, we want stars, but I don't think the WWE wants stars that outgrow their brand. And that's what they're afraid of. Like, and that's why people are kept at certain levels because they don't want a situation where, I mean, The Rock goes out and and people, you know, maybe hear about the WWE because The Rock's involved and he's a massive star, but he's not really The Rock the wrestler anymore. He's more The Rock the movie star who used to wrestle. And, you know, and John Cena is going to be the same way. He's the Nickelodeon guy, the, the, the actor who used to wrestle. It isn't really like direct publicity for the WWE even when like Hulk Hogan was like impact it was like you know he didn't even mention the company and stuff you know it was like it was really weird he was so much the name Hulk Hogan was so much bigger than the name TNA you know yeah. so it's it's like these kind of scenarios where the WWE doesn't want that because I, I mean I think they want stars because they want to make money because they want to be able to sign these giant TV deals and and sell the network and all that kind of stuff but they don't want it at a level to where these people realize they don't need the WWE anymore and they go off and be major stars on their own without the company. And that's, I think that's just where we're at because, you know, you can can look at a lot of examples of it, but I think like Roman Reigns is the best. I think he's doing a really good job now, but we saw years and years of this example. They didn't listen to the fans at all and just went with what they thought they should just be doing. Like what's making this happen year after year after year and people just kept rejecting, rejecting, rejecting. Yeah. And it didn't matter what we thought. They didn't care. You know, it just, yeah. that was, they, they had their mind made up. That was their guy. But yeah. like, I don't know. And this is why, you know, I brought this up. I think we were off camera, but, but the Daniel Bryan thing, I feel like Daniel Bryan, when they gave in to the fans about Daniel Bryan, it set the precedent that the fans determine everything that happens in the show. 
Right. And I'm not saying that that's a bad idea, but it can be. Sure. Because it's a mob mentality, right? And the more that you give in to, to, to a mob, the more they want. So if you can give me Daniel Bryan as champion, well, then you can give me this, and then you can give me that, and it just keeps going, and it's like a domino effect. And I think at some point, I really feel like the failed Roman experience, experiment, whatever you want to call it, I really feel like that that, that was the, the tipping point for them to where they were just like, screw you. You guys have ruined our show. We can't get anybody over. Like, we are going to do what we want to do. And when there were no fans, they were able to decide and say, look, we'll just make Roman go in as a heel and we'll make him just play his character on TV. And there's nothing the fans can do about it. We put in piped in boo noises. You can't change him to a face like he is going to be a heel and we're going to roll with that. And so, um, I don't know. It's just concerning to me because, you know, I'm not saying that I absolutely love the WWE and all that stuff, but I don't like, I don't like that the the people in today's world are being basically elim- their opinions are being eliminated. So, for example. When a movie was a big success, the box office would determine if it was a success or not. Mm-hmm. And now we just have stream. So they, this, any company can claim that something was successful and we don't know the numbers. So they can create this false narrative and we actually have no idea what is doing what. And we're doing the same thing with pro wrestling now to where – we don't have fans. We don't have people being able to say, hey, I don't like this. I do like this, whatever. And and I just don't know. But, I mean, I think it takes away emotion. I think it takes away moments. I think it's just um, – I think it's just – it's it's uh, it's a devastating deal. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get it. I, I don't – concern isn't the right word for me because I just – like I like I, this is what I've like I've just been seeing this so you know this is it just isn't I don't really know how to, how to describe it I'm just so over like caring about what the WWE is really doing because I know yeah. this is what they're doing like they made Jinder Mahal the champion because the network opened up somewhere like let's be honest like the guy was jo- a complete jobber and it was like here's this Very title true. belt that's supposed to represent the best company the best wrestler in the whole company. And the guy, you know, and it's just like when those kind of moves are happening. Same thing with Kali. I mean, they they gave him a championship just so they could be able to say that they had an Indian champion and that could get him into that market. And you know what I mean? It's the same deal. Yeah. And I get get having like marketable stars all over the world, but you have to build them to some degree. Like, like, you know, the Jinder Mahal thing was like he was a perennial jobber his entire career for year after year after year. And then – all of a sudden, he just wins the title pretty much out of nowhere, and it just happens to coincide when the WWE was opening in certain parts of the world. And it was like, wait, how, how's this guy the champion? Like this guy was this guy was terrible two weeks ago. He couldn't win two weeks ago. Now he's the champion. This whole thing, yeah. um, but it's it's all just business moves, you know. And and that's just I don't think I think the WWE cares, but they don't care about what our demographic thinks at all. Like I don't think they really care about like that eighteen. I mean, they care because they they don't want to lose all of our business like completely. But if I was to bail, they wouldn't care. If you were to bail, they wouldn't care. 
you know, I like think, I think they have the philosophy like Vince Russo or whoever else is basically like if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to watch regardless. It doesn't matter. We don't have to cater to you. That's why you're getting piped in noises and Bad Bunny because yeah. they they you're going to put out whatever they want and it's not going to change your opinion on anything. So here we got a super hey, chat. Let's get this one out. Okay. It, it's totally different, but um, I appreciate it. Jigsaw kid. Um, thoughts on W. WME going public bad for the UFC. I think anytime a company goes public, if you're a fan, it's bad. It's bad because then they have to answer to stockholders and all stuff. And I really am nervous that Dana is trying, Dana sold his stock or selling his stock of ownership. Man, I don't think MMA, UFC, it can be run by anybody but Dana right now. Like, I really don't. There's not a lot of people with the backbone. To me, one that would make sense if he's willing to do it would be Chael. I think Chael would be able to handle the media and still um, not come across as like uh, a corporate sellout, basically. Like if he he was like, you know, that's a stupid question. No, or no, we're not going to do that fight or whatever. But I mean, I think people will go after him so hard, like the fact that he's, you know, tested positive for that steroids and lied say. about it yeah. and all that stuff. But like, I think you have to have like an alpha as your leader for a fighting company. I don't think you can have some better corporate dork that's just going to be like, yeah, well, we'll see how things go. Or yeah, somebody's not upset or are all of a sudden guys are getting fined for what they say on social media and then everybody can't be who they are and guys start stop talking trash because it's offensive and ugh. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't think that I have, and it, will, it will not be Chell and because of the, the PD history. Like I don't, like personally, I don't care. I've made that known many times. Like I don't care what people take, especially if everybody knows what everybody's taking. I don't care. But they're not going to have somebody who lied about that as the – I just don't think that it's a good look. But I do agree that it would have to be someone like Dana White that, like, isn't going to back down from, uh, you know, a little bit of criticism here and there or, like, really back down to, like, the mob coming after him. and Like the, the like SJW mob, not, like, the actual mob. Uh, yeah. Because that could be a thing also. <laughs> yeah, that could be a thing also. He, he um, stayed away from Japan for a reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like literally, like they were gonna run Pride themselves, yep. and they were like, "Yep, yeah, never mind." <laughs> um, yep. So, um, oh, the Yakuza actually runs Pride. Okay, yeah. well, I'm out. Oh wait, like all of your favorite fights were fake. Oh no. Oh, um, okay, great. Oh, uh, but and I love Pride. By the way, I don't even care if it was fake or not. I was entertained to the maximum when that was around. So. I don't necessarily think it was fake. I just think that they definitely made matches for guys to win. It wasn't like um, they, they they made squash matches basically. Yeah. Well, certain and fights they, were were rigged for sure. Oh, like the, like well, the yeah. Ran, like the Randall and Coleman and stuff. Oh, where, yeah, yeah. Where he's having like the ankle lock and like crawl into the ropes and stuff. Like. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 for sure. But I'm, I, you know, like Vanderlei really smashed people's faces oh, to pieces. Yeah, like, oh, there's 100%. definitely times where it was like, oh god. Yeah, I don't think it was know. all, but it was like. 
Alberto Del Rio went in there as a sacrificial lamb for Mirko Krokop. Like, for sure. There was, there was no 100%. chance of him winning that fight. Like, <laughs> What's funny is that was like on a, that was like on a Bushido, which is basically their version of like an ultimate fight night. And yeah, that's, that, that's what happened there. So yeah, no, but I'm with you. I, I, I'm, I'm the same way about the whole public thing. Like it does worry me when like the public kind of gets to decide what you do with your company, especially if like, with how divided the kind of country is like already on like on certain things, it would just be a really tough spot to be in. And Dana knows how to handle it. But I also remember when they sold the company, I think he was only on like a seven year deal or something. So that's probably why, you know, these things are probably starting to happen because I think, I think Dana's goal was to get the UFC to become profitable. And once that happens then he can bounce. And so, cause they took a huge loan to pay for the UFC. So, you know what would be great is if they could somehow convince Lorenzo to do it. Oh yeah, that would be great. That would be the he's, fighters would love it. And 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 Lorenzo definitely is not as aggressive as Dana, but I still don't think he would get pushed around either. No, he so. was going hard at like the coronary unions back in the day when they were having yeah. those issues, like getting in New York and stuff. I mean, he was yeah. I, I think Lorenzo Lorenzo is like the like the kind of hidden MVP of like a lot of what goes on in the UFC. Like there's a lot of fighters who refuse to take fights and stuff, or like they're yeah. having a, a problem with Dana and Dana will like, even though Lorenzo isn't even, I mean, I think he still owns like a small percentage or something, but he's not even a part of it anymore. I think Lorenzo still... is his like secret weapon. Like Khabib's exactly. Like no, no Dana. And he's like, okay, I'm going to call Lorenzo. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I've heard fighters so. say short notice fights, like, fairly recently where it's like they're on the fence then Lorenzo gives them a call and like they wind up taking the short notice fight well and if you notice too like whenever like a, a guy wins a fight like a big name they always thank Lorenzo like <laughs> he's not even in it and they're like I want to thank Lorenzo and Dana and they don't yeah. even bring up the the owner or anything you know what I mean so for sure um oh David yeah. hey Hey Dave, I saw I saw you just sent that super chat. Did you have a question on any on any comments there? Because we can like answer something if you, if you didn't attach anything to that. Yeah, for sure. And Manib, just really quickly, the ginger thing you said. I agree that he wasn't like the worst champion of all time, like during his run. But the build, like that's what I have a problem with: is somebody going from a it's jobber to the champion. champion. It's the yeah. JBL build. That's exactly right. what it is. Had but at least JBL had all those years of like being tag team champion and like hardcore champ like something like had had Jinder just like won the U.S. title and had it for like three months or something then then won the world title I wouldn't have had a problem with it. well and it's but, not only that Jinder had to get completely juiced to the gills to huge. even get a shot like yes let's be honest yeah for sure like he he was and then and then he has the audacity to be like I'm not on steroids <laughs> mm-hmm. bro like okay. Yeah. There are some people out there, like Yolo Romero. I don't know. He might not be. He looks like he is, but he might not be. He could just be a freak of nature. True. But Jinder Mahal, we literally witnessed the transformation. I mean. Like, it's. Well, even Drew McIntyre. If you go look and see what he looks like in high school, Brian Cage. Like, go look and see what Brian Cage looked like at 18 to where he is now. Now, now at eighteen, you can still grow quite a bit, but not in the not in the massive amount of ways that I think that they. I mean, once again, I don't want to sit here and just accuse people of stuff, but like I also think there's a reason some of these people don't work in certain companies too because they've been having a hard time probably passing the 
the test. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. It's funny hey. when I hear people talk about Brock, by the way, because people defend Brock because he's never failed a WWE drug test, but he has failed a UFC drug test, but this isn't the funniest thing in the world. But anyways. Not only that, do you, you notice, too, like Brock will go away from WrestleMania and then sign his UFC contract, and he is like – he Thanks. was freaking jacked in the WWE, and then he goes to the UFC, and he's much more soft. Like, yes. come on. You can always tell with these right here, the traps or whatever over your shoulders, because his will go up to, like, his ears when he's on the juice, and then they'll go back down. I always pay attention to that. Speaking of traps, look at Jeff Cobb right now. Dude, my I, God. That was literally, like, once again, I'm not sitting here accusing people of stuff, but, like, me and my buddy were watching that before NXT tonight, and I literally was like, Cobb looks like he's not getting tested. <laughs> no, like he was an Olympian before that, so like he had to be clean. Now it's like he's looking, Those he's looking good. Yeah. yeah, he's he's looking good. Yeah. So, um, but let, let's get through NXT real quick, and then we can talk about WrestleMania. Um, so, uh, to me, I thought Walter and Tommaso Ciampa like was awesome. But I hated the finish. I loved like, it. See, and it's polarizing. It's, I've seen both both sides on but, it. Yeah. But was that really what they were supposed to do? Because it was like a fall away, a release <laughs> suplex, and then he gives him one chop, and it's over. Yeah. But I do like the concept that he beat him down so badly that he just couldn't take it anymore. It's almost like the uh, it's almost like Rory McDonald and uh, Carlos Condit too. When like. He got hit in the nose that last time. It didn't look like a very big shot, but it just, like, his body just shut down on him. Yeah, Yeah, like, and the other thing, too, I like about Walter is he does that. Like, he's won with the chop. He's wins with clotheslines. He wins with the splash. He wins with the powerbomb. Like, it's it's like AJ Styles to a degree. Like, there's a lot of moves where, like, when AJ hits it or Walter hits it, that could be the match. So now, anytime he chops someone and they fall over, you think this could be the end of the match. So I... I like that. And his chop actually, like, cut the announce table. Like, that was cool. Um, Walter's very believable. I like Walter a lot. He has a presence. When I went to uh, the World's Collide show last year in January, and he came out, like, he just – and his music, he's old school. Like, his character fits. He looks like a badass. I I like Walter a lot. Um, And he's had great matches with a ton of indie guys and and, – to me, like, it, does it seem like they're trying to merge both together, NXT and NXT UK? It looks like that. It looks like it could be going that way. And I also, we, we need to keep in mind that whole Evolve show that I keep mentioning and 205 Live. Like, how is, do you need all these things? You know what I mean? Like, can you consolidate a lot of it into just NXT and quote unquote evolve? You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. So I, I could see, because they were also trending that way too, where like before the pandemic, Finn was feuding with Walter and he was going to be wrestling him for the NXT UK championship. So I imagine if Finn Balor would have won that. I mean, I, I think they should have kept the belt on Walter, but if Finn won that belt, hypothetically speaking, I doubt he would have only worked in the UK. So maybe there has been plans for something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Know. Yeah. Um. And then I, I don't like I don't like um, Bronson Reed. I'm not a fan. I didn't like Jonah Rock in in the Indies either. I mean, I'm not. He's okay, but like what I hate is like I said, it comes to stakes, right? And when it was down to him and Swerve, like I wanted Swerve to win so we get Swerve and Gargano, not Reed and Gargano. Um, 
So that kind of like took the wind out of the sails when he won, but it was clear he was going to win. It was starting to be obvious. Honestly, I thought he was going to beat Gargano tonight, and that didn't happen. So I was kind of glad about that. But, um, yeah, that's really – you know, the women's match was pretty good last night too. Uh, Io Shirai kind of looks like she's leaving, which to me is a disaster waiting to happen. You really think you're going to be able to tell me that Vince McMahon knows what to do with Io Shirai? Oh, no. That's not I'm, happening. I'm, I'm just as worried as anyone. I For for my money, Io Shirai is the most entertaining female the WWE has on contract in any brand. Like, I like her the best pro- of any of any of them. So, um, but it's the same kind of thing with, like, an Adam Cole or really anyone else when it gets to this point where it's like, you know, that's the thing about NXT, man. It's like, it's really bittersweet yep. because it really yep. feels like you're watching the last moment of greatness for these wrestlers that you were usually, well, all these wrestlers that you were a fan of before they got signed. And for, in a lot of cases, it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like a goodbye in a sense because you know, like things could just go so sideways when they when they wind up on Raw or SmackDown. But at the same time, I mean, time, let's be honest. Like a Kyle O'Reilly, they're not going to have anything for him if he ever goes to the main roster. Like, sure, it, it it's frustrating because if you can push them on NXT, if you put them in the main roster with that same push, they're going to get over because they already are talented. They already have a main event look. I think that's the biggest thing that the biggest flaw that they have they they do is when a guy is a main eventer in NXT, he should absolutely be a main eventer on the main roster. Well, they do the opposite a lot too, where like an NXT like mid card guy like a Baron Corbin or an Elias or something like winds up getting a big push on Raw or SmackDown, but like they didn't really prove themselves in NXT. So like I just don't. It's, it's it's strange. It's strange how they pick and choose. And like Jeff Atwood said in the comments, that's probably what will happen. They'll probably put Io Shirai and Oscar together because they're both Asian mm-hmm. and WWE just likes doing that, you know. And I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate. I mean, the silver lining is, there's two possible silver linings. One is that they go to our SmackDown and they're successful because Vince likes them and they wind up doing great. It's unlikely, but it might happen. The other silver lining is maybe they just make a whole lot of money they don't have any good matches again for another two or three years. And then they hit the independence again. And we get to, we get them back at some point after they've made the yeah. money they wanted. So, right. You know, but as a fan, it does suck because you, you want to see them succeed on Ron SmackDown, but I'm just, hoping she, I'm hoping she wrestles Bailey because Bailey's not doing anything. And so I, I just think Bailey could welcome her in. She's a heel right now. Like why not? You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and everyone's really upset that she's not a part of WrestleMania Bailey. Oh, I know. But like, Dude, this is the WWE. You think those guys on that Andre the Giant Battle Royal are happy right now? Oh, like, sure, sure. And, and, yeah. and honestly, honestly, sometimes it's better to not have a spot at all than to have a spot and be put into something that makes you look way less than than just like if she was in some goofy match and lost in like let's say seven minutes. It would be better for her just to not wrestle at all. And then she faces the winner of, like, she faces Bianca or something if, she, if Bianca wins. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it, 
Mania now is not really the end-all, be-all. It's more of just a cram fest of trying to get as many roster people on there as you can. I really don't like the two nights. I don't like the two nights for NXT. I don't like the two nights for WrestleMania. I hope this is the end of that. I'm just not a fan. Yeah, I I, I guess I'm indifferent to it. It doesn't really bother me one way or another because because just to be honest, I'm just not that hyped up for it. You know, it's just it just it. I hate to sound this way, by the way. Like I'm lifelong You're WWE fan. Bitter. Well, I'm I'm bitter to a to a degree, but it's also I, not so much of. And there is a little bit of bitterness for sure because I am so much of a long term long time fan. But like, I'm not really like. I don't think they're like. It's like malicious against me. I just think it's that they've made their decision that they want to cater to children and their the children's parents. Like, I don't yeah. think that they, they just don't, but, but once again, the reason that it doesn't really like bother me is because I have so many alternatives at this point that like, I watch, I watch more wrestling now than I ever have, but I watch right. less WWE than I ever have. You know what I mean? But there's right. always going to be those people I'm interested in. Like there's always going to be those O'Reilly's and, and Adam Cole's and Finn Balor's and Cody Rhodes. Well, Cody Rhodes is a bad example because he's in a company that I love. But even when he was with the WWE, I was always rooting on Cody, even when he was Stardust and getting buried. Like, I'm going to always have my guys, and I'm always going to follow them. And um, and like Medeb in the chat says, like, the women, if you're a fan of women in the WWE, usually you're going to be pretty okay for the most part because I think the, the really, really good ones do tend to rise to the top and stay there for the most yeah. part um, and to some degree. So... But but with the men, there's just so much of a, a larger pool of that. There's just more of a chance that someone gets you know uh, missed and or lost in the shuffle. So, yeah. but but that's the thing. I've said it, it's just one of those things. I'm just very indifferent to any decision WWE makes at the moment because I know they don't really that I'm not really who's supposed. They're not really targeting me as it as what they're putting out there. So it's like yeah. you know. Um, but I can enjoy it for what it is like. If I choose, I'm not I'm not excited for WrestleMania on Saturday. But yeah. but if Lashley and McIntyre go out there and have a banger of a match for 20 minutes or whatever, like I'll be the first to come on a podcast or whatever and, and give them props for having a great match. Like right. you know, I just don't have that much exciting excitement going into it, unfortunately. I mean, to me, this doesn't feel like a mania weekend. It might for you because you're watching the collective and all that stuff, but yeah. I mean I'm seeing like I'm surprised when I see fans like Mania weekend is about the fans. It's this big um, gathering of celebration of wrestling. And it just feels very like 20%. You know what I mean? So I'm really looking forward to next year. I feel like that'll actually feel like a Mania weekend. Um, And I'm not super excited for Mania, but it'll be fun. It's going to be – something to watch and it'll uh it'll be weird though like you're gonna be able to watch ufc and mania like back and forth live at the same time you know what i mean that's, yeah that's, that's cool different that's rare because yeah almost all for those of you who don't know ufc primarily runs on saturdays and wwe pay-per-view on sunday so like you usually yeah. don't get that double cross sometimes you get it with nxt and ufc but right Usually they were pretty good though. They they would start pretty early, and then you could still watch the main card on UFC for sure. But yeah, it's just it doesn't feel like Mania. Like I'm not like oh my gosh, it's WrestleMania. Um, but I feel like next year it'll feel more like Mania. But we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. And and like I said, this this card 
feels like um, this card just feels so like uh, uh, just thrown together. Just, I mean, it just honestly, it just feels like every other WWE pay per view of the year. It, like it yeah, just doesn't. It like, does it, not feel like Mania at all. And. I mean, I, I am looking forward to seeing how many people wind up being in the crowd, and I want to hear the... I mean, I'm looking forward to it from that aspect. Like, 100%. real real fans, real interaction, like, real pops from the crowd. Like, I hope they don't continue to pipe stuff in because now they know how to do it to the level that they do. Um, because they really... I mean, realistically speaking, even if they wanted to push their own narrative with fans, they could just not show images and, and video of the crowd and mute the crowd like halfway like they do with um on like the network or peacock or whatever like old ecw footage they can mute the background enough that you don't hear the original theme music and they can you know what i mean so there's ways of even like goldberg and stuff there was always ways of like manipulating the how the, the crowd sounded but um but yeah anyway i uh i think i Like we said, it just feels like another show, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I can pull the card up. Um, I do have it here if you wanted to start kind of going through the shows. And I know we have some super chats, too. David sent in one. He's the one that forgot to. Mm. Um, You messed up the last one. I just generally want to know your opinions on my UK boy, Walter. We kind of talked about it, but I I think Walter's awesome. I, I like Walter a lot. Walter's rare in wrestling. Like, he... He's athletic for a big guy, and he has a presence, and he can still have, like, a match of the year candidate, you know what I mean, with the yeah. right guy, and and that's that's awesome. Like, he's uh, – and he just has this old-school look, but with almost, like, a new style that merges with it, and it just it just works. I think he's really good. But see, so I'm saying you can't bring some. Let's say you bring Walter to Raw. You can't bring Walter to Raw and make him a mid carter. Like, you remember Walter what they did? Has to be a main eventer. Do you remember what they did when they had Walter? No, they did. They, he was on. He was on like SummerSlam or a Survivor Series, like okay, a year or two ago. And I'm pretty sure someone's gonna need to fact check this. I could probably find it. I just can't remember the show or just look it up myself. But Walter was on like one of the five man teams or whatever for NXT or whatever, and he yeah, got eliminated. Yeah. He got eliminated within like he was the first one eliminated, and it was within minutes. But like, wasn't that like the super push of Keith Lee that they did nothing with? Maybe, but the, but either way, like they pinned Walter. No, I'm not, I'm not saying unf- that that right. was right, but I'm just trying to think that they really could be pushed right. NXT that year, and Keith Lee got the big push, and now look where he's at. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. No, um, no. I see what you're saying. I, I misunderstood what you were saying, actually, but I do. I get what you're saying now. Yes. That match was made for on the NXT team to make Keith Lee look the best for sure. But, but my point is the guy has been completely unstoppable on NXT UK and he gets beaten like two minutes on the main show. Yeah. It's trash. I hate it. Um, but yeah, like I said, you can't, you can't take guys like Walter and Adam Cole, and if Cross goes there, like those are your new main eventers. You can't say, "Oh, well, we don't um, create stars," and all you don't create stars because you killed them. Sure, like you did create a star, and then you bring them up and you kill them. Mm-hmm. Andrade is going to show up soon, 
And he could have been a big name. He could have been your Eddie Guerrero type. And you did nothing with him. The guy goes out and has like match of the year candidates of Rey Mysterio on SmackDown. So it's not like he just did it in NXT. He did it in both. And like nothing. Yeah. Like I don't sure. I don't understand their thought process of bringing in all these guys from NXT that are over. Like mm-hmm. Kevin Owens when he came in, he was over. Face John mm-hmm. Cena, beat John Cena. Like that's what you do with these guys. And then he lost the next two though. Right. But that's what I'm saying. But like yeah. when Kevin beat John, yeah, it was awesome. Over. And even if he loses, if you have a close competitive battle with John, that's still not bad. But then you can't have him lose to Jericho or to whoever else. You know what I mean? Like at some point, Goldberg, that was the most ridiculous. And like when the Fiend was over the most, they bring in Goldberg in Saudi Arabia and job him out. Spear and a jackhammer. And then they're like, I don't get it. Why don't we have stars? Well, that was the thing. Well, we were just talking about that. Like, I that's I think factors in what what we were talking about. As a fan, we want to see stars, but I don't know how much the WWE wants to actually create those outliers that might get too big for their own for their own interest or whatever. Like, and then David also says, "Did you guys buy him winning with the chop?" We talked about that earlier too. I really like that finish. Uh, Doug said he didn't like it, but I like it because I like the fact that now when he hits a chop on somebody you could believably think that that's going to be the end of the match every time he hits that from now on. Um, and it just helped get over another move. And it was like this exact example I gave. If you watch the UFC, Roy McDonald versus Carlos Condit 2, it was probably the best UFC fight I've ever seen from start to finish. And the fight finished with a jab to the nose. that didn't look that strong, but Rory had taken um, just so much – or sorry um, – Yes, wait. Yeah, it was Roy. Roy yeah, Rory, Rory crumbled. Yeah, it was him yep. and Lawler. I keep saying Condit. I'm sorry. That's why I'm getting confused. Rory, it was it was Con- Condit and, and Condit Rory beat a great the fight piss too. out of Rory, too. Yes. And yes. he broke him bad. That's why I got him confused. They were both incredible fights. Um, But, yes, when Robbie Lawler defeated Roy McDonald, McDonald crumbled after a, a jab, but it was because he was so beaten down. His body literally just turned on him and, and shut down. And that's how I felt about the end of that Walter match. Like, he had beaten Champa down so badly that that was just like the final blow. Champa just couldn't take anymore, and it was it. So, so I liked it. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, uh, it, it just confused me because it's sure. rare we see something like that. And then, like, they talked after the pin, so it looked like there was like a confusion there. Like, I don't know if you caught that, but Walter and Champa talked to each other after the pin, and I was just kind of like. Was he supposed to kick out? Like, that's what it, it, how I registered it. But by the way, I probably, like, top five have never seen a wrestler improve as much as Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, I from mean, the time he signed with the WWE to now. When, yeah. when I saw him in Ring of Honor, the guy was the ultimate mess up. The guy made mistakes all the time in Ring of Honor. I didn't like him. By I the thought way, he, was, he's, he signed to Ring of Honor, like, 30 matches in his career, by the way. Like, super yeah. early. Like, wasn't really probably ready, but had the right connections with where he was training and stuff. Well, what's funny is is I was at the last show um, that of his, for Ring of Honor. He, uh, he um, Todd Sinclair, right? The, the, yeah, the ref. referee. Yeah. He took him out, he beat him up, and then he, like, 
did the snow angels and with the streamers after he left. And I thought to myself, like, oh my God, this guy is going to the WWE. Like, what a he's terrible. What are they thinking? And he would show up with that crazy mask and look like uh, that, like the helmet looking thing. Yeah. And I was just like, this guy thinks he's a badass. Almost like a gladiator but, type thing. Yeah. I, I mean, props yeah. to Tommaso Ciampa. Like that guy, he continues to deliver at NXT takeovers all the time. If if you want, want my honest opinion, I thought him and Walters had the match of the, the, the weekend so far. I think him and Walters' match was better than Kyle and Adams, just on a different level. Um, but but I, I, I'm blown away by Tommaso Ciampa. I can't believe how good that guy's gotten. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's made serious, serious improvements. Uh, and, you know, it's just... There's just, a, there's just a lot of red flags as far as, like, how much you can do with him because of his injury history and stuff. It's yeah. unfortunate. It's just the truth. Yeah. It'd be the same in any other sport where someone has multiple, you know, ACL injuries and stuff. Like, you just have to be cautious with to how me, with, he's, a, he's a lifetime NXT guy. It, he, he never should see the main roster. Well, and I don't think that they'd know what to do with him anyways, but I think Agreed. it's he, I, but I think he's even more unlikely to do anything on Raw or SmackDown because if Vince found out he had missed years of his career because of similar injuries, I think that Vince wouldn't want to invest similar to the Balor thing. Like he gets hurt one time and then like never the champion again. You know, like, it's just... Don't you find that weird? Like, I've noticed this more. I remember when a guy got injured and then they were bringing him back, there was so much hype and everybody was so excited and it's just like, finally, they're back. It's and a now, beautiful day. Yeah, I mean, the Triple <laughs> H thing. I remember Edge, when he came back and he was all yeah. jacked. Um, yeah. But, but... What's crazy to me is Triple H was only gone for eight months. That felt like two years. That's why when he came out at Madison Square Garden, got that massive pop, it was like so much had happened. You know, WCW got bought, the Alliance invasion, the whole thing. The Alliance was over at that point. The Rock came back. Like, but every, the only thing that was missing was Triple H. So when he came back, it was just like such this huge deal. Yeah, And now when guys come back, like Vince treats them like dirt and they're not, they're, they're nowhere near as over. They don't feel as special. Like if you were a big name and got hurt and you come back, it's rare that you get your spot back now. I mean, Dolph Ziggler for crying out loud, that was the final straw for him. Like he had become champion and he gets a concussion. That's it. You know? Yeah, for sure. And, and But to be fair, for like Dolph Ziggler, for instance, I think he was a guy that, you know, he used to be really public about how kind of unhappy he was with with his spot in the company. But I think that's been fixed on his end because they're, I think he's probably one of the top 10 highest paying guys, high, highest paid guys in the whole company because of how long he's been there. So I think his whole mindset has just changed over time where like he probably just doesn't care, to be honest. Like if he's, in a tag team, or if he's the main event, or if he's the opener, or if he's in oh, catering, I'm over it. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm over it. Like, yeah, if that guy really wanted to prove himself, he could have left and went to like New Japan, faced exactly. Kenny Omega, and then he would have totally changed his stock value. I mean, you look at Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre doesn't lead to go to TNA to go to the Indies and stuff. He is not champion right now. He's not. Like, he found himself on the independence. He he rose his stock 
a lot of these guys just don't do that. Sure. Um, totally agree. So, and the funny thing is Jinder Mahal tried that too, but didn't do anything on the Indies and then got re-signed and then became champion. Because he's not good. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just I, – I, I hate to just keep harping on him, but that, that really – that real that whole situation really hurt me as a fan. It really it did. was the revisit of JBL. It really what it was, and they do that every now and then where you're just like, well, wait, like now this guy's a main eventer. Oh, now he's champion, and then when they make them champion, they give him like these long title reigns. Like his his wasn't as bad, but man, it's it's like it rubs it in your face. Like yeah. this guy couldn't beat anybody, and now all of a sudden he can beat the Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like now all of a sudden he could he could kick out of the stunner of Stone Cold Steve Austin. If I mean it just it makes no sense. And yeah. I remember I remember ROH did it with Jay Briscoe, and I thought that that was stupid. But well, you didn't like him as champion? Not at first, because to me he was always a tag team guy. They never built him as a singles guy, and all of a sudden he just became champ. And I didn't like that either. So. It's not the actual talent, although I can't stand JBL. But I'm going to be honest with you: if you go through some of his hardcore matches, they ain't that bad. Like I, his I, match I, with Cena at Judgment Day, he has um, the match with Eddie Guerrero at Judgment Day. Like there's some decent matches out there, but he could only wrestle a hardcore style because he's not good. You yeah. know, it's so funny he would crap all over ECW, but like that's really the only style that he benefited from was a hardcore style. That's true. That's pretty ironic. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think in hindsight, JBL's title reign looks way better now than it did as it was happening. Like, if it's compared to a lot of stuff we've seen lately, you know, so it's it's hard to, like... I, I think JBL gets the criticism because he was the start. He was the start, yeah. and it changed after that. Like, if you go from WWE, just, just from 2003, even SmackDown, right? 2002, 2003, and then you go to WWE 2004 with JBL. I mean, it is a disaster. It's Kenzo Suzuki. It's uh, Renee Dupree. Dupree. Yeah. It's it's all those guys. It's um, Jimmy uh, Wang Yang, but he was tight. Yeah, he was okay. It's got <laughs> um, the the white Undertaker looking guy, Mordecai. Mordecai, like just all that, just trash. And it Luther was Reigns. all at the same time. You know what I mean? Remember those guys, Luther Reigns and. Luther uh, Reigns. Uh, what about uh, what about the um, Heidenreich? Yep, Heidenreich getting oh. something going on in the shower with him and Michael Cole or whatever. Um, oh my god! Oh, there was some yeah. Bisnitsky. There were yeah, there were some real Bash- gems in that whole the, the Bash. Oh, the 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 Orlando Jordan. What do they call it? Like it was like the Dick Twins or whatever. Um, the Shane Twins. God, yeah. but they were like the dicks or something in TNA or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, they had, it was like all these generic, weird, yeah, thrown together teams. And, and stuff. it was like all the crap that they had just thrown into SmackDown <laughs> and you would have like Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero there also. Like, right. It was, it was awful. And, yeah. and JBL was the champion at the time. And that was also like Cena's rise, right? So like Cena was becoming a baby face at that point. And like he was your U.S. champion, and then JBL was like the head of the company and of the SmackDown, and it was just so bad. I mean, if you like, I said if you compare it to 2002 with Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Edge, Chris Benoit, like you could go on and on and on. Um, just no, totally- I agree. I remember. I remember y'all talking about it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, pissed me off so much. 
Like that, that was the one. That was the yeah. one. Great American Bash 2004. I'll never forget it. Bull rope match, whatever they called it. Bull rope match. Quarters. Eddie lost. And then, like, you find out later on that Eddie wanted to lose. He wanted to lose to his friend JBL to put him over. And you're like, what? Like, Eddie wanted to, to ruin the WWE? Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? So, yeah, it was uh, it was wild. Yeah, I remember those days very well. Let's we got any you. Super, Super Chats? chats. Yes. Yeah, oh. so, hey, guys, I just finished Dynamite for yesterday. I wanted to drop in and show support. Also, can't wait for Blood and Guts. Yeah, appreciate it, Chris. Um, I'm really looking forward to Blood and Guts. Tony Khan, quit being a coward and fill that stadium. I'm tired of it. Quit having a thousand people in there. It's time to get at least 3K in that place. You could do it. It's outdoors and it needs to happen. It's a big match and it needs to happen. And I, th- I think it will, though, because like they waited this long for a reason, I think, to do it. Well, if you even heard Jericho's promo, like they've been holding off on that match. I think they've been holding off on a lot of things. I think yep. they've been kind of coasting and they're worried now that they're seeing the ratings. And they're like, we're just about to open this whole thing up. Because all of a sudden, Adam Page started to get a little bit of a He got a win over Caster. He's starting to get kind of back to that character. It seems like Dark Order's kind of distancing from Adam. So I just started to see a little bit of things there. And, uh, man, we got to talk about that Bucks turn, though. Yeah. Well, I'll answer the guy this for the Super Chat. Like, what was the actual? Can you pull that back up? It was uh, about the blood and guts. He just said he can't wait. Oh, just can't wait for it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I And I agree. I think it'll be great. Um, trying to think. There was something I was going to say about it, but it probably, you probably covered it. How about I, Jericho? I Jericho with the beard, the fire promo. It's like, man, this guy just keeps reinventing himself. And then and he's, he's going to be on the network with Stone yeah. Cold, which is just wild. Um, yeah. I'm looking just, more forward to that than WrestleMania. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. And he already said Sammy Guevara is one of his favorite tag team partners. So it's like, I don't think he's going to just shy away from AEW. So it'll be interesting how they handle that. Yeah, for sure. And and I was going to say, to be fair for like the waiting on things, I do, to be fair to the WWE, I think there's probably plenty of good ideas they've had over the last year that they didn't go through with because they want fans there. So like they might have good things to, you know, up their sleeve for, you know, the foreseeable future, hopefully. Kogan, he's my guy. I I appreciate the support. And what you have to understand is I can't look at JBL in an objective way. The man killed my, my childhood company. So I hate the, I hate the the guy, the character. I hate the push. I hate everything. So I'm not able to look at that and just say, Oh, you know, he had okay matches here. Like I said, he had a couple of okay matches. It's not all trash. But 2004 is basically trash. What what sucks is is from January till April, 2004 is is pretty damn good. Like really good, actually. That's WrestleMania 20 stuff. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. But man, once they hit the summer, just throw it all out the window. Yeah. And I don't. And like I said, I don't think they've ever bounced back from that. Yeah, to a degree, they haven't. I think they lost a lot of interest during that time. A lot of the stars were like kind of leaving and stuff, and the brand split. I don't think real. I mean, I, I think initially the that brand split was a good split. thing, yeah. but 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 it did 
Like, see, to me, I feel like the brand split allowed guys to get pushed that should have never got pushed in the first place. And oh, right. Instead wanted, of like, yeah. what you wanted were guys that should have got pushed that deserve the opportunity that never got pushed. But what happened was, is they just started pushing a bunch of garbage and it made the yeah. show terrible. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, okay. Let's talk about the Bucks turn, right? I hated the hesitancy of that. Like, if you're going to turn heel, you need to go all in. You cannot be like, oh, well, I can't kick my friend. I can't do it. And then it's like, oh, okay, so Moxley's – they're going to watch Moxley give him two uh, paradigm shifts and then finally do something and then still be apprehensive about giving the two sweet and being like, what did I just do? And then let's kick Moxley in the face. But it's almost like they didn't want to do it. Right. So it's like, how heel are they? Yeah, I don't and know. Mm-hmm. How many times are we going to have to see Kenny and the Bucks break up, get back together, break up, get back together? Like, I understand. I love them all. I love all those guys. I, they're, they're some of my absolute favorites. But I feel like the storyline is played out. I really do. And yeah. I don't know how far. To me, if you're going to do this, the Bucks need to be ultra heel. They don't need to be in the middle or feel remorse for what they do. They need to be heel. And I feel like if Kenny's the collector of belts, then the Bucks should be the collector of belts when it comes to the tag teams. I think that's a good idea. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to get you down on it until I see kind of more where it's all heading because I because I like the young bucks' heels way better than I do as baby faces. Yeah, so, they're still um, as baby faces, right? So i I think it's just a law. I mean, I think eventually they will just go full heel. I mean, what what the what I don't want to see is them turn out to be baby faces like a few weeks yeah. from now. Like, I don't either. If they continue to get worse and worse and start to like doing this stuff with Kenny and Gallows and Anderson, then like I'm okay with watching this story play out long term. But um, but no, I'm with you. Like it was strange how it all played out on Dynamite because of what you said, where like, you know, they were fighting the whole time and they were watching Kenny get beat up, and then like yep. all of a sudden, like they yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you. I I get it. It it did come off a little weird, but I was happy to see that the end result was them all together because I do think it's the right move to have all five of them together as a group, but they just need to figure out. To me, if you're going to do this and the forbidden door is open, then they need to be the Bullet Club. They need to wear Bullet Club shirts. They need to bring back the Bullet Club. They're all former Bullet Club members. And then when you can do travel, have the other Bullet Club from New Japan come and attack them and say you're basically been playing Bullet Club, we're the real Bullet Club. You know what I mean? Because, like, they're pretty much a group now, and I don't really think Kenny needs two tag teams to hang out with. So that's a weird dynamic in itself also. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I am I mean, I'm a way bigger fan of the Young Bucks than the Good Brothers. It's not even close. So, um. Like, I'd be fine with the Good Brothers not even being on, on AEW, like, to be honest. Like, I'm fine with them doing their thing in Impact. They, it just is what it is for 
for that. I don't know. I I, I think it's cool for certain moments, right? But I don't yeah. need to see them every dynamite. I don't, and I, and I don't think Kenny needs them. But like yeah. big matches, uh, a certain occasion, yeah. And it also makes sense for Kenny to tag with them when he goes to Impact, right? Like those are his former friends. Yeah. Whatever. But like I I honestly think it's far more impactful for Kenny and the Bucks to come out than Kenny and the Good Brothers to come out. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree with that. And I've also never been the biggest Good Brothers fan just to begin with. Like, I like, yeah, I think both guys, I think both guys are good guys, but like the, all the cock talk and stuff is like, it's just getting really, really played out and not funny. And like, I like, I, how many Good Brother matches have you seen? Like, how many good, good brother matches have you seen? Exactly. I've always thought that they were overrated in the ring. They're, they're a team that like, I legitimately think the WWE only signed because of the buzz that the, the name, they had had created in Japan, but like, you know, I feel bad that they got released after, you know, the circumstances suck because they had signed those deals and like they had given up other deals to stay there and they got fired and the whole, like, I don't like I, that really sucks for them. I don't like that for them, but I don't think that they've ever been that great to begin with. If I'm being totally honest. Like I, I think yep. Carl Anderson is a singles wrestler has moments that I, yeah. I could, you know, but Gallows I think is a very generic. Like yep. very generic. Um, yeah, you could put him in that same list of the guys we were talking about before. Like, I don't think he's much better than like a Snitsky or a Heidenreich. If I'm being totally he's, honest, he's the Bullet Club Kevin Nash. Well, the Bullet Club Kevin Nash was supposed to be Cody Hall, and he couldn't for whatever reason stay on people's good terms. Well, um, he also got injured. He got he got like broke his neck in New Japan or something like that's that. That's true too. I that thank you for bringing that up because I did forget about that. But I mean, that's a very good point. But um. But you know what I mean? Like, the, I remember those days when they were carrying Nick. He was carrying Nick Jackson out on his shoulders for his matches and stuff. And, like, it looked like he was going to be their their big heater. And him and Fale at the time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, 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 I think we're, we're all on the same page with all this stuff. But what I am excited about, Wednesday Night Wars is dead. It's over yep. with. So now we have AEW on its own night. We have NXT on its own night. Um, and I feel like... AEW is going to focus a lot on that uh, May 5th card because that is when blood and guts will happen. That'll be like a pay-per-view dynamite. And then we'll be pretty close to double or nothing. And then I think things will kind of calm down where it won't be as scattered and not have so much stuff going on. And yeah. so I think, I think May will really be a good month for AEW. I'm not too concerned with the ratings. If if it's in the seven hundred thousands again, though, with no competition, then I'm going to start to worry. But and and what is this like? I keep seeing this, but they keep saying that AEW is losing female viewers mm. because of too much blood. Do you think that that is true? That would be. I so I haven't heard this. And I don't want to. I want to be careful. I want to be okay. Hey, here. I love Dave Meltzer, but he's he's very hot and cold on being right. correct. Um, I'd have to really. I don't know if I want to give a real answer on that. The only reason I, I will, I'll give you my initial thoughts, but like I don't want to say something out like that is taken the wrong way. Personally, but, I just think it's ridiculous. I think if you're a fan of AEW, blood is not going to make you not want to watch the match. Like I, I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. So, well, um, the way the way I feel about it is that 
like what more could really be done to be trying to appeal to everybody? You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree with that. So if so if you like you just can't be concerned if you're AW, you just can't be concerned about stuff like that. And it, and it isn't it isn't that I don't want there to be female fans. I want there to be female fans, as, as many female fans as possible. But I don't want it to be at the expense of like because the stuff that they're doing, I like, and I want to yeah. watch the show. And if they stop doing the stuff that I like to cater people who don't like it, but those people, and once again, a lot of, not all of them, but a lot of the people that have a lot of problems with the things they see on wrestling are newer fans. You know, so it's like, they're, it's weird when you side with somebody who's just now discovering your product versus people who have been watching it the entire time. And, you know, so it's, so I guess my point is this, I don't, I don't, I care about everybody's feelings because like, I don't love deathmatch wrestling and there are certain shows that I get really hyped up for, but I might not go to live because I know I'm going to like legitimately feel sick. If I see somebody with, <laughs> with, with meat skewers popping out of their foreheads right in front of me. Cause I'm, yeah. it's, it's happened. Yeah. There have been times I've seen people get thumbtacks to bare feet, three feet away from me and like tr- almost thrown up. Cause it's just such a shock of what you're seeing in front of you. So but that's but also I'm not going to really complain about it either it, because like there is an audience for it so it's like and they it can is watch a rare that. occasion it's not like they build their brand off of that like it's exactly. just one of those things that like you know if it's a lights out match there's probably going to be blood if Cody Rhodes is on pay per view and has any animosity towards someone there will be blood like that guy has no problem bleeding he wants to, he wants to <laughs> yeah. do the dusty thing. That's probably half the reason his hair's bleached. It makes the blood look better when, it, when, your, when your hair's blonde. Um, yeah, but but yeah, no. I, I so it's one of those things where like I want it to be. It goes along with our bigger conversations we've had about it. Like they put out a big net. They want to bring in as many fans as humanly possible. But like they're doing so much to try to cater every single type of fan and every single type of person, every single type of background, and 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 be as politically correct as they can, and all these things. So if a byproduct of that is like some women don't want to watch the show anymore because there's blood, just keep in mind that there are male fans potentially, or even female. There are a lot of female fans that love deathmatch wrestling way more than people would, would think. And right. usually when I go to shows and there's death matches, it's the girls that are chanting, you sick, F-U-C-K, yeah. you sick. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like they get, they get into it. It's very similar the example I always give, even though in deathmatch wrestling or in AEW, wherever it is, the blood's real. Like that's real. That's different than you'd see in a movie where it'd be fake blood and stuff like that. But the idea is the same. There is an audience for horror movies and slasher movies and these kind of things. I'm not into that stuff, but there's millions of people who are. So like who am just because I'm not. So my, my whole point is, don't if you're AEW, don't sacrifice me maybe stopping watching the show because a few people don't want to watch it. Like to keep the bigger picture in mind, you know, how many people have praised the match that that they're talking about? And then if there's just a few people over here that don't like it, I hate to be like this, but it's just like, I'm sorry, this just might not be for you. Or maybe, like you said, if you know there's a lights out match or certain scenarios, that's your heads up to not watch that match. Yeah, you know? I agree. So it's like if you watch UFC, like not all fights are going to have cuts, not all fights are going to have broken bones or anything like that, but occasionally it could happen. Sure, and, so I, and I'm sure part of that. 
I'm sure there's people who watch UFC on ESPN and they turn it off because they don't like the blood. There are certain bars even around Beastel that won't show UFC because they it's still too violent to, with like kids being around and stuff or yeah. whatever. Like it's, you know, but, but as a fan, like I think that sucks, but as a human being, I can understand the other point of view. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Man, David is, is spending his money today. I really appreciate it. Um, says, am I the only person who doesn't need a gimmick? Give me Inner Circle versus Pinnacle in a standard match. Enough talk there. Enough talent there to be special. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be good either way. But I think if they really wanted to do this blood and guts match and they really need a, like a five-on-five type match, and this is this is the reason why. So, um, and honestly, one of the main reasons I want to see this is I want to see Sammy do something crazy in a, in a blood and guts match. Cause I think he will, I think he'll do something wild. Yeah. I think it's going to be damn good. I'm with you, Doug. Like I just, they've wanted to do this match. It all, it makes sense given the participants in the match. So, you know, they've built that story really well. Like it, it's a blood feud. These they're it's gang warfare essentially. Like it, it's gonna make sense that this is happening at blood and guts, so or inside of blood and guts. So I'm I'm totally fine with it. But David, I love both stables. I really do. Like I like I, I think that I was really, really stale with Inner Circle for a long time, but they're be- I'm more entertained right now than I've been with them probably ever. And I like the Pentacle a lot. I think it's a good upstart group so far, so yeah. Um, for Mania, can we get Bill in classic? Oh, uh, Brandon and Bill. Uh, I don't know. We'll see about that. That'd be like, fun, though. I went through all this branding. I got Bill's picture all in there and everything, and then I kind of got the rug pulled out for me. So might not have Bill anymore. We'll see. What? But- I think we can get Bill to pop in every now and then, but I don't think it can be something like, like I think Bill could pop in on a chat or something like that, but I don't think it'll be something that'll be regular, but I ain't slowing down. Just really quickly, I saw somebody in the comments earlier that asked if we would do this on Spotify. Just so y'all know, I do upload the audio of these. Um, Oh, and it was a super chat. Thank you, David. I didn't realize. Thank you. Um, I have a fight t- or a podcast called Fight Talk. Um, you can just search Fight Talk Podcast. My name's Steven Jensen, as you see on the screen. It'll probably be the first thing you see on any of the podcast platforms or even on a Google search. And I do upload, so like tomorrow, I'll upload the audio of this conversation onto Spotify, iTunes, literally anywhere you can think of that has podcasts. I think I'm everywhere. So I do that for this show. I do that for my show that I do with Jesse Davin, the show I do with John Mosley talking MMA every week. Uh, any interviews that I do with indie wrestlers, they all go on that on that feed. So uh, so it, it is out there already for you. Um, just, just look for the Fight Talk podcast, and that's where we'll be uploading those out the next day. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, anything that you need to catch up, especially indie wrestling, because I don't know much about it. Steven is your guy. Yeah. Um, and I used to really follow indie wrestling, but like I said, the whole talent crop is like cleaned out. So he's going to have to tell me who's good, who's not. And I don't want no Joey Janela nonsense. Like I want somebody who's legit good. On, um, you know, I think Joey Janela is good. We just disagree there. But but the, but I saw that that art diamond cutter craziness that that guy did off of the top rope. But he looks like he is nothing special, but he did a crazy move. You know Dude, what I mean? There was a guy that I saw for the first time today. 
which is pretty rare for like these kind of weekends because usually yeah. there's stuff brewing up like leading up to it. And by the way, just before I forget, if y'all are subscribed to FightfulSelect.com, I do their Weekender podcast every Sunday. We dropped two free episodes. So if you go to the Fightful podcast feed um, on any platform, I did over five hours of predictions and previewing for the collective and for IWTV showcases independent. So I talk about a lot of this stuff uh, early this week. And if you're into this stuff, like those are the podcasts to definitely check out. But um, what was the actual question that you asked? Um, what? Oh, about the indie guys. I, I was talking about the oh. guy that didn't look like much, but he, he turned out with this crazy move. Yeah, there there was a guy earlier today, that's what I was going to say, this dude I saw for the first time called Ninja Mac, and he's this white dude who, like, you just, it just looks very unassuming, you just wouldn't think much. This dude was, I kid you not, and I've only seen one match, he might be the best high flyer on the indies right now that I've seen. I've like, got to see it. I this guy it. was out there, He his finisher, and he knocked the guy out cold, he landed on his head, but the finisher was a... Phoenix Splash 630 leg drop. What? Yeah, he did a Phoenix Splash, but went all the way through with the Phoenix Splash into a leg drop. It was sick. This is this dude was, GCW? This is GCW. Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F show today. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. In one match, you know. there was that guy. There was a dude who got powerbombed out of the ring and landed on his head. There was a Canadian Destroyer off of a balcony through tables and chairs. I mean, it was... It's all like I'm still watching uh, IWTV right now on my TV. Like there's matches happening on my other screen right now. Like, but yes, if y'all are into indie westling, like this is the weekend. Like I actually get excited talking about that stuff. I can um, see it. There you I, go. I, and, I, and I love I love NXT as well. I it was just a long day, but yeah. Um, but in comparison to like WrestleMania, yeah. Like if I was in Tampa, I'd probably be going to indie shows and like drive back on Sunday. I probably wouldn't even like go to WrestleMania, to be honest. Yeah. But, you know, I trust me, that's definitely crossed my mind. When, I go to NXT um, though. I go to NXT. Yeah, no, no, but that's definitely crossed my mind Mania weekend. Um, but man, if it's if it's decent, then I'll I'll wanna go. It's one of those things like for me, WrestleMania now is like one of those things where like everybody's there for Mania, but like I almost dread mania. And then it's like a long six hour drawn out thing, but you go for the production and the big stadiums and all that stuff. If you take all that away and it's just the ring, it ain't much. And we saw that last year. You know what I mean? So, um, Kogan also had a super chat. Uh, do you think AEW needs their version of WrestleMania or do you think they can just, keep going on with the pay-per-view structure they have. I think they should have a mania. And I, and I think it should probably be at the Jacksonville Jaguar stadium every time that they do it. Um, but I don't know which out of the four you would pick. Cause it seems like double or nothing is the, is basically what they want to do in Vegas. And it seems like all the other ones are basically Chicago and then, like, one other one will be something else. So, and I, personally, I think when this thing is over, they're getting the hell out of Florida because they have used that market up so much <laughs> yeah. that I just don't know if they would want to do a big show in Florida. But I do think they need a mania. Big sets and big matches. Like, to have their own type of Wrestle Kingdom, I think would be really cool. 
Yeah, I think I think they should have a show that they highlight kind of as a WrestleMania each year. But I do want to see. I do want them to stick to the four pay per view format at least for the foreseeable you know next few years because that is something that. What about six? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad with six, but because the thing is, like, I love the AEW, but the the problem because like I wish the WWE would go back to four. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I liked the original four concept and it gets you really pumped up. And you have a special Raw in there, maybe in between. You can do the same for AEW. And they, well, and they with, do that. With, with WWE, too, it was mainly gimmicks were the four, right? Like, WrestleMania right. would be your straight-up matches. but And SummerSlam would basically be your summer WrestleMania. But, you know, like Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Right. That was always, like, teams for Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Like, um, yeah. And... and like I said, I, I do think they need a big, big mania though, like a big mania event, like because then the fans know that this is the one. They save up their money, they buy their plane ticket. Like that's the show I need to go to. You know I what think, I mean? I think that's a, kind of supposed to be all out. I feel like is kind of how they've. But honestly, it. if you look at all, all out, has not been their best shows. No, like, the, uh, no, the, the, like as far as execution goes, they yeah, like like that was the Matt Hardy Gravara one where Hardy like knocked himself yeah. out and all that. that I mean, was everything MJF just didn't go and Moxley, like it was okay, but it was the like FTR and um, Kenny and Adam, which was not as good. But a lot of it had to do with the crowd. Right. But even the all out before that, where it was like Adam Page and Jericho. That just Adam Page was not there yet. He wasn't that over with the crowd. Like if it would have been Adam Page from like last year, like right. that would have been something. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm with you. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel like Revolution has been some of their best stuff. Double or Nothing has been some of their best stuff. So it, it's a uh, interesting. Yeah, you know, I think that whatever they can continue to pair with, like. Starcast and all that stuff, whatever, whatever they can do, that's going to create the most like, um, like local buzz, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, get, get all these other things to come out around it. Like don't do it the same time as WrestleMania, do it as your own weekend, your own For time sure. of the year. And then let these, indie, uh, these indie companies do their thing. Like let them, let GCW come to the same town, let, you know, IWTV and like have, you can basically have two WrestleMania weekends on the indies as well. Cause they could go to whatever AEW's big weekend is also. Wasn't Starcast like dang near in like December? I can't remember how it was set up. I just know Chicago seems to be like the spot that they like to do. Sorry, all that not, stuff. not Starcast. I mean, Starcade, like for WCW, wasn't it like oh. at the end of the year? Yeah, which one? What, did it? Which ones? One of them started like against WrestleMania, right? Like right, like head to head with it. I think initially, maybe Clash of Champions or something. I can't remember. Well, but at I the very Star- beginning, yeah, it was Clash yeah, of Champions. It's a very like WrestleMania four, right? But, but, but yeah, like, I think Star uh, Kid definitely was in the towards the end of the year, though, for sure. Yeah, and then yeah. like it gave you like four months of basically for main till Mania, but like. The problem is in December, you know, it's holidays. A lot of people aren't traveling, things like that. So, like, honestly, I think, like I said, All Out would probably be their best bet for Mania if that's what they were going to do. But I just don't think necessarily Chicago is the biggest market for that type of show every year. So, um, we'll see. 
Um, just a heads up uh, for anyone who's asked like where you can find my stuff. I appreciate the support, y'all. Like y'all saying you want to listen to the shows and stuff. If you go to my Twitter, it's Fight Talk underscore, and I have a link tree. Um, and I think it's in the description of this YouTube video. Also, usually Doug puts it in there. If you hit that link tree link, it has like you it has direct links to pretty much everything that I do. So um, you can check that out there. But th- thank y'all for your interest and in all that stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, let's see here. Well, we need to get to talking about WrestleMania. And, We're going to fire like, through this, man. <laughs> yeah, sheesh. Um, but then again, I got Mighty Ducks to watch in like two and a half hours. So, Well, we definitely don't want to. Although that hasn't been that bad, man. I'm, Dude, I'm I have some credit. Thoroughly enjoyed the show. I've been out there promoting it, telling my friends to watch it. Like, I'm, I'm in, dude. By the way, Hector sent this one. Always appreciate it, Hector. Um, what are your thoughts on WrestleMania 19, the build-up show, and why do you think it had a low buy rate of 550,000 buys? Um, I I really like WrestleMania 19. I don't think it necessarily had the best build-up. Um, I kind of feel like Jericho and Sean, it was good build-up, but it, it just didn't feel like it was going to be as epic as it was, I guess you would say. Like they kind of had the highlight real confrontation and things like that. But like, I didn't necessarily expect it to be as good as it was. I disagree. Cause, Cause those one thing, were uh-huh. one thing. Sean had not wrestled just a straight up match yet. He had only wrestled gimmick matches. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had somewhat low expectations but it really felt like more of a way, like just a mid card match. It didn't feel like that they were going to get like this time to really steal the show. I, uh, I disagree. Like I was pumped going into the match and it was, I mean, Jericho Mark and, and Michaels. I mean, those are my two, yeah. my three favorite ever are Michaels, Jericho and, and Savage. So it's yeah. like, you know, in Savage, I, I obviously, he either passed away by then or like it wasn't long because it was like 2011 when he passed away. I can't remember when the show was. That would have been, I guess, kind of mid 2000s, WrestleMania 19. Yeah, it um, was 2003. 2003. So I guess, wow, it was way before Savage passed away. Actually, geez, my timeline's all because that's right. WrestleMania 20, people were still talking about like him and Hogan maybe happening and stuff. I remember. Yeah, I remember um, that. That's right. That was WrestleMania. Yeah. So, anyways, um, uh, but yeah. So no, going into it, I was very pumped up because it was my current favorite wrestler at the at that time, who was Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels, who like was the only reason that I was even watching WWF instead of WCW at any point in like the late nineties. Like Michaels was the whole reason I was tuning into Raw in like the late like ninety seven or whatever. So. Yeah. So I was super pumped up for it, and I was I like the the match that Sean and Triple H had, like the street fight and stuff. I was like, that was incredible. Yeah, like I mean, it. So, so I didn't really have any doubts that it would be good. My expectations were that it could be one of the best matches I've ever. Like I had really high expectations, and I thought they lived up to it. The only the only thing I didn't like was that Jericho lost. That was the only problem I had with that match when it happened. Um, but he did get a lot of that heat back by kicking him in the nuts afterwards. So yeah. Um, well, and it almost felt like the reaction that he had with Sean, the hug and stuff, that was genuine. And then it was like, okay, now I got to go into character and kick you in the nuts. You know yes. what I mean? And I love um, how they, I love how they built up the fact that Jericho is basically 
idolized Shawn Michaels and they had all the similarities and there was all these moves where they would do each other's moves throughout the match because they knew each other's what what they brought to the table so well. So I, I, I really, really liked that match a lot. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not saying that it wasn't amazing and all that. I just didn't expect it to be as good as it was. And that's my fault. But just even just the buildup, it didn't seem like that they were getting the focus that that match should have got. Um, the Rock in Austin was very um, Rock and Hogan. No, no, Rock in Austin uh, for WrestleMania nineteen. Rock and Hogan was oh uh, oh 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 eighteen. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, they're they're third. They're, we talked about this last week where Austin didn't. We didn't know he was retiring, and that took away right, from right. It. right, right, right. So, so that part, but but even the Rock too. Like I just, they should have really put it over. Like this is the last time you're ever going to see this, and like it, it would have just felt so much more special. And I really think if they would have done that, this buy rate would have been bigger. Like, if they would have said, look, this is the last time you're ever going to see these guys wrestle, it would have been bigger. Um, Triple H and Booker T, I, I feel like this this thing is so criticized because everybody felt like Booker T should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, Myself included, by the way. Yeah, no, and I understand. And I, I, I think I was rooting for Booker, but I'm not sure. So, big WCW guy. Like, I was yeah, waiting yeah. for one of my guys to finally well, get there. Dude, I remember like high spots were so like not the normal back then. I was praying he was going to do the Harlem Hangover, right from WCW. Yeah, that was an awesome like, move. Dangerous, Dude, he's but do awesome. the Harlem Hangover, and you know, like it's mania. He's got to do it, you know. But um, we got the SSP I, that night, though. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like uh, the buildup for that though was really like borderline racist. Oh no, it was like, very racist. They were talking yeah. about him being like he was calling him boy or something. I mean, it was like yeah, like talking totally about the jail him and all that. Yeah, and the buildup really did feel like that the 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 oppressed or whatever the guy that's been bullied was going to get the win. Yeah, it didn't happen. No, so yeah, and he was, took uh, forever to cover him. I remember yeah. after that pedigree, it was like, oh, surely he'll kick out. It's been thirty seconds since he hit the move. And then he just wins, and everyone's like, no way. There's so many times where you have that, like, flat feeling where you're like, yeah, he's going to kick out, and then that ref hits three, and you're just like, yes. really? Well, it was, that was also peak Triple H beating everybody that everybody liked and staying in his spot and, like, keeping everybody down, remember? So it's like, yeah, he was just, like, the next casualty. That was when he was, he was the next Rob Van Dam of, you know. Yep. He was yeah. being the next like Ric Flair too, where he had the multicolored tights and the, yeah. the he was wearing like purple boots, purple trunks. He was trying to do the Harley yeah. Race thing with the mustache, right? I think one. Okay, you got to give me this. Hogan and Vince was not supposed to be as good as it was. No, like, dude, and I remember the Roddy Piper run, and I popped for that. <laughs> yeah, Vince Vince peeking up over the the top of the the ring, like all great. evil with the blood yeah. on his face. Yeah, like and, and they had some pretty big spots. Um, I think Hogan's like. 2003 run is really underrated. Like I he really had, enjoyed. He had it. that match with Brock. He had a match with Kurt Angle. He had a match with Jericho. Him and Edge as a tag team was was in. Him and Edge as a tag team champs. Like it got cut way too short. Like it was actually not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Hogan, by the way. Yeah, um, and I, lo- I love that. Uh, the leg drop Hogan hit off the ladder onto Vince yeah. on the announce table. That was sick. 
So, so my my point is, is I think it's a really good WrestleMania. Also, Kurt Angle, Brock, and right. keep in mind too, we really didn't know the condition of Kurt going into that match. He had a broken right. neck. We knew that. We didn't know how bad off he was. So there was very like up in the air. Um, so overall, I think it's a fantastic WrestleMania. I think it's really good and very underrated. But I do feel like the buildup wasn't what it should have been for a mania like that. And I think it hurt the buy rate. Yeah. Honestly, I think I'd have to, I'd have to really rethink some of the more current WrestleManias. Like, like I remember thinking WrestleMania 31 was, was really good. Um, and stuff like that. Like after it happened, um, for like different reasons, you know, like the, yeah. the same triple H match, I hated the finish, but like I did mark out for the whole NWO versus DX stuff. And, and the Seth Rollins cash, and I think it was one of the best moments in WrestleMania. Like I thought that was, perfectly played and all this stuff but uh that's correct by the way correction there steven it was vince dropping the leg on hogan oh sorry good call good call because uh piper might have been holding hogan down on the announce table actually for yeah. so for his form to do it thank good good call hogan thank you um but i think like if someone asked me what's the best wrestlemania of all time the first two that come to mind are wrestlemania 17 and wrestlemania 19 for me so okay um, I think WrestleMania 17 is always going to edge it because that was really peak rock in Austin um, and yep. the buildup and the Limp Bizkit package and all that stuff. And all the, in every match, I mean, you had Triple H and Undertaker, you had the hardcore TLC. triple threat, TLC2. That, I mean, just in, incredible. Um, so <laughs> the Legends Battle Royal or gimmick, whatever. Gimmick Battle yeah, Royal. Gimmick Battle Royal. I, I yeah. saw that. I think I saw something recently that because Iron Sheik won that, I'm pretty sure. I, I think Iron Sheik was like two years younger than Sting is now when he won that match. I think it's pretty kind of funny. I love Sting. You know me. I love seeing him as a part of it now, but it is kind of funny when you think about it like that. David with another super chat, man. Thank you. 6 a.m. So I'm jumping into bed and going to watch on tablet. So I sleep, but you guys are dope. Appreciate both of you. Awesome. David, thanks for coming in, man. Um, I, it sounds like this is the first time you've seen us, but, uh, yeah, we do this every Thursday. It sounds like you're in the UK, so it's probably late. We try to do this at nine o'clock, um, at my time. So, uh, we, we, 9 basically a.m. In, 9 yeah, PM, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, we're not doing 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but over we there, it's like 6 a.m. Yeah, no, we went basically, um, like, uh, we, we've been doing this every Thursday for like the past couple of months and it's been, it's been pretty dope. So thanks for joining us. Um, manias for me, God, I have, so, so when I say WrestleMania, what does immediately pop into your head? The first thing I think of is Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's insane to me about that? Like Nia Jax, by the way, has been in the business for almost like seven years, eight years at this point. Isn't that crazy? But like think about Hogan's run from like WrestleMania 1 to 8. It's only eight years. And like how much he accomplished you know what I mean? Oh, sure. A hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree. And they have the same finisher, her and him and Nia. So, I mean. Oh, God. But I'm just saying, like, to me, that is so crazy. No, I agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah. It's fine. And then he did it again in WCW, which is even crazier. That, that's is, the, it, yeah, that, never that, will that happen makes, again. 
And that makes him the GOAT, in my opinion, because he wasn't just a heel. He was the best heel, and he was the best babyface, and he drew a ton of money, and he went head-to-head with Stone Cold Steve Austin and won for a while, and Stone Cold had a huge age advantage. He was fresh. He was new. Hogan had to completely reinvent himself. Um, So, yeah, he deserves a ton of credit. But – if you want to talk about Hogan, I mean, to me, like, immediately I think of, like, him and Macho at five, Hogan and Warrior at six, Hogan and Slaughter at seven, and and to me, like, eight is the last Hogan. You didn't even mention WWE Andre. Thing. Yeah, for sure, but that that's not to me. Like, oh, I, I think that, of Mania. That makes sense. Like, I, I used what you're saying. I started watching wrestling at WrestleMania 4. I got the double VHS tape, WrestleMania 4. If you listen to Conrad, that's exactly when he started watching. I think it was something about the double VHS tape. Like, you saw, oh, my God, I get two for one. Like, if you're at the rental store and you see two videotapes, you were like, I can rent this and it doesn't cost anything extra and I get two wrestling uh, tapes. And I saw Macho win the title. And yeah. so I was always a huge Macho fan, and that's really where it all started is Macho Man Hogan, the whole nine. And then, uh, like, WrestleMania Seven, my my uh, my mom bought it for my birthday at Kmart, and they were, like, 50 bucks. Like, you had to pay, like, a huge amount to buy those things on video back then. And I got it for my birthday, and we watched it at my birthday party. Like, I had all my friends over, and we watched WrestleMania 7. And, of course, nobody's seen it because we never bought pay-per-view. Right. And uh, and I don't know what it was, but I actually talked my mom into buying pay-per-view, and I got Survivor Series 1990 when Undertaker debuted. I remember that, like, clear as day. He scared the crap out of me because he literally, like, he couldn't be hurt. He destroyed everybody. I remember um, one of my friends telling me he literally cried the first time he saw The Undertaker. Like, yeah, I wouldn't like, go that. Papa Shango was a different story. That <laughs> freaked me out. Like, the, people the warrior and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, so so that's definitely – but, like, if you want to talk about modern wrestling, I mean, Shawn Michaels, like, Mr. WrestleMania, he absolutely is. But there's so many good WrestleMania matches and moments – like, it, it, you really can just pick and choose out of each one. Like, yeah. I mean, even to me, like, something memorable was Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, that mm-hmm. was a big deal back then. It was the main event. And, by the way, if you rewatch that, Lawrence Taylor is so gassed. It is not even oh, funny. He's literally that. hanging on Bam Bam, like, hanging on him. Um, and Bam Bam's trying to carry him through. But, like... I, I just remember it always feeling like that larger than life. I remember the the Hogan going in and beating Yokozuna, but like to me, Hulk, Hulkamania at that point was done. Like he wasn't the same. He was way smaller. The steroids had stopped, and uh, that that was right before he went off for WCW. He had a black eye. Like like I said, like it's really from WrestleMania one to eight is prime Hogan. Like that's. Yeah. That's what made millions and millions and millions of fans was was those years. So, um, but yeah, like if you want to talk about modern stuff, though, I mean, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, I was there for that. Yeah. 
And that was my first WrestleMania also, and that was wild. Like, I just remember, like, looking around the crowd and just seeing, like, waves of reactions. Like, it, 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 it like, filtered through, so, like, it took a while till it got to your section, right? But, like, everybody's marking out. It, it was a... Uh, it was wild. It was really cool. Um, that's that's one of my favorite. That's way up there. It's definitely in my top. I, I did like my top four. It was like a Mount Rushmore quote tweet thing I did of WrestleMania matches and Undertaker, Undertaker and Michaels, their first WrestleMania match against each other. I have it as one of the best four ever. I really like the second one too. I like I the second one really too, good. but it's like of all time. Cause I think my four were like the four that I picked were, were that the first Undertaker, Sean, uh, the TLC match from WrestleMania 17, yeah. um, Hogan versus The Rock. I just think just crowd reaction yep. alone, like that has to yep. be on there. And then the other one was uh, Savage and Steamboat that I put on there. Well, and think about that too, right? Like we're talking about Hogan from way back of WrestleMania 1 through 8. This dude comes back in WrestleMania 18 yeah. and takes the crown. Like yeah. it – it's unbelievable. To the point they, where they had to put the title on him. Right. <laughs> yeah. So over that he had to win the title that I was there for. And, like, I don't think the TV, like, gives that moment justice. Like, dude, it's one of the loudest pops I've ever been a part of because everybody wanted it. Triple H one, right? When he beat Triple yeah. H. When he beat Triple H, like, everybody wanted it. I remember it, like... When he won, like, it was almost like the whole stadium turned white because everybody was taking pictures. And, like, it it was just this huge, massive pop. And it wasn't a pop. To me, a pop isn't just a sound. It's it's when you see the arms in the air and you see, like, people like, yeah. It's it's that emotion. That's the ones that really, uh, really get you. Yeah, for sure. So. And I mean Daniel Bryan, right? Winning Taker losing to um to to Brock is unbelievable moment. Like I was at that one. Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of how you feel about it, like that was a moment. For sure. And it's rare in wrestling to be able to have something so believable that like you're so shocked that it happened. Like and I remember, like, I was like, dude, he just took, like, three F5s. If he kicks out of this, this is so stupid. Like, I'm so over this streak at this point. Cause what what I, say, I know. I, I remember you thought – yeah, I remember your videos. I remember you saying, like, it wasn't even worth doing anymore because there was no way of anybody beating him at WrestleMania. I remember. Right. Yeah. And, and, and what really burned me out was the Sean matches because Sean literally would give him everything in the kitchen sink and he would kick out. Brock finally, like, just gave him, like, three F5s, and I'm sitting there like, dude, if he kicks out of this stuff, this is so stupid. It was like one, two, three, and me and Bill just looked at each other like. That was a mistake, right? (laughs) Well, and then they didn't didn't officially announce it. Right. So the The graphic was the, yeah. Right, but then, like, Heyman was celebrating it, and then they didn't officially announce it, and I was just like. Huh? And when I was in the crowd, the crowd is just like being being in the crowd. All you saw was the ring and just nothing. So like you can't even tell Heyman is like freaking out because like the camera isn't up on him or anything. Like for like the live crowd, it's just black screens and everybody in complete shock. So for us, it was when that fucking graphic went up with the twenty-one and one, and then we were all like, no. Like that actually, like that was, we thought it was all a mistake and they were going to have to like play it off. Like, like that the match is going to keep going or something. 
Yeah. Dude, that was yeah, man. I'll never I'll never forget walking around the concessions after that, after that match, and just all the fans, just all of us looking at each other, just complete confusion. It was we were all sh- like literally in shock. It was fucking wa- sorry. Was anybody was anybody like cheering? Um, I know a handful of people that were at that show that really liked Brock winning that match. But it was yeah. because of the same reasons that you would give now of like if not him then then like then who? But like no one yeah. really saw the Roman my thing was that it should have been Bray Wyatt. I, I, I said that back then. That was a WrestleMania that he lost to John Cena. He was undefeated. Yeah. You know, if you would have beat The Undertaker at that show, I would have had no problem with it. Um, the next year, it was, it was dead by the time they actually did the match because he had already lost for that point. Um, yeah. They should have, or they could have waited until, I mean, they didn't know Roman was going to be in the position they want that, that position years later, but realistically speaking in hindsight it should have been roman at wrestlemania 33 is, is like what should have just done it yep. and then undertaker should have actually retired and not come back after that dude there might have been a riot like it, as hated as roman was if roman actually ended the streak i think there might have been a riot especially because the match actually sucked like the actual yeah. match was bad so they might have accepted it more than too because that was the first time where you saw Taker really look like, oh yeah, it's over. Couldn't get him up in the tombstone and stuff. It was yeah, that was. And I remember, I remember like thinking to myself, like, dude, when is Taker gonna fall off? Like he keeps having match of the year candidates, and then like, dude, he fell off a cliff, and yeah. it was not good. And then he just refused to hang him up, and it was yeah. like, you know what I mean? For sure. So, but yeah, no, WrestleMania, I mean, it's always fun. It's always something to look forward to. Uh, I I think this is pretty lackluster. I mean, if you want to talk about last year's, to me, the Boneyard match was the highlight of, of WrestleMania. I didn't really care for much more than that. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens was pretty good, too. The latter match was decent, but, like, dude, it just no crowd. I mean, nothing. And that was such a weird time, such an eerie time. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time with that one, just even placing it or whatever. I feel like this one's going to be way better just because we have a crowd and all this stuff. Um, By the way, what the hell is a Nigerian drum match or whatever? I don't know. I mean, I can start going through the WrestleMania card if you want. I mean, I'm not going to be able to do, I'm not going to be able to go too much longer because I'm like mentally completely fried right now. The but, man has nothing left, people. <laughs> we have taken him to his end. But when we go through the card, I mean, the both nights, uh, to get the predictions out there, because that's obviously something that was going to come up, like, what what is that match? Um, so, I mean, we might as well just start there. If you all have Super Chats and stuff, still will address your questions in your comments um, and, and put your predictions out there. But, yeah, I have no idea. What I, what I, what I had heard from Brian Alvarez, like, on his show, was that, like – what everyone initially thought was it might be a bunch of people around the ring, like with drums or something, or, or you could use the drum, but the, uh, but, the, but, but what it actually is being explained as is in Nigerian culture or something, you beat someone like a drum, like you beat them so bad that you beat them like a drum. So maybe this is just a street fight of some kind. I mean, it just, it just seems Dude, it literally sounds like it's just going to be Apollo Crews versus uh, Big E again, and they are, you know, they've had the match enough times over and over to the point where they're just like, "Well, it's on WrestleMania. Let's just make it a Nigerian drum match." I don't know, dude. I think I think Big E will win again. By the way, just for my prediction. Yeah, I think Big E's going to win. 
That's terrible. And Mr. Rosenberg saying that we need to stick with more progressive people's mindsets when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. And yet you're going to be promoting a Nigerian drum match. Like, save it. You work for a company that has definitely struggled with racism. And then you want to accuse Dave of not being progressive enough when, trust me, Dave's pretty progressive. So the whole thing is nonsense. I can't stand that guy. He's a clown. He has absolutely no business in wrestling. And uh, he's terrible when it comes to music, too. And he's definitely one of these woke, beta idiots that thinks that WWE is like a certain standard and everything else in wrestling doesn't matter. Like he's a WWE corporate shill clown. Yeah. I'm not going to say all that about the guy, but I will say is like, I don't think he's, I, I don't, I don't really, he does nothing for me. Well, I, I you talk about Dave Meltzer though. Like, no, I saw it. Yeah. Like Dave, Dave was a smart Mark writing smart Mark reports about WrestleMania two. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like a totally different mindset, been involved in the business for so long, credible sources. Yes, he's hit and miss on some things. I don't always agree with him, but there's people that have respected. I respect their opinions just because of what they've put into this business. Dave Meltzer is one of those people. Even Jim Cornette is one of those people. Like, yeah, he's a jerk, but I'll also give him credit for who he is and what he what he knows in the business. Doesn't mean I have to agree with him. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew about Rosenberg forever ago. I mean, like I remember because to be fair, he did interview wrestlers years and years ago when many when most people weren't interviewing wrestlers. Sam Roberts is the same way, except I really like Sam Roberts. But with with Rosenberg, it's uh he lost a lot of credibility when he that whole war machine thing, if you remember that. Like that was pretty eye-opening because he was like talking all this. He was basically I don't even know what the right word is. He was pretending to be really knowledgeable about indie wrestling, and then he got, like, yeah. really exposed. And it's yeah. like, oh, you don't actually want... Like, you are a straight-up WWE shill. Like, that's... Yep. You know, and that's just... And, and the thing is, Sam Roberts is a WWE shill, but, like, he doesn't, like, hide from the... Like, he's always wanted to work for the WWE. He doesn't try to be anything that he isn't. And you right. can still find interviews that he's done with, like, Adam Cole from, like, 10 years ago. Like, the guy was a hardcore indie fan, now he's yeah. just more WWE guy because that's where he works. You know, this is what it is. Right. Um, other matches, uh, we got <laughs> – I mean, the thing is this should be pretty quick because there's really – I really don't want to deep dive in a lot of these. I'm just going to be dead no, honest. No, I just no, don't no. care enough. I um, mean, honestly, we don't need to go over every match. What I'm looking forward to, Edge versus Roman versus Daniel Bryan. They're also having like a little documentary thing on Edge on Peacock on Saturday. That looks yeah. pretty good. Um that might actually give you more uh, hype for the match. Um, I think Lashley and McIntyre has potential, but we'll see what they want to do. I think it could be like a 20-minute um, false finish type match, or it could be a 10-minute nothing. So uh, we'll see on there. Um, I think Bianca and Sasha is going to be a good match. I just think the buildup's terrible, and I think Bianca's going to win. Um McIntyre and Lashley, who do you I think McIntyre's gonna win? Yeah, uh so do I. I think it's gonna be the I first mean, match of WrestleMania. They're, I think they're oh god. It's gonna be the big oh. it's gonna be it's gonna be the big McIntyre will be the first one to come out, so the crowd's going crazy. 
they're going to try to totally redo this past year. But the but what's going to wind up happening is they've shot themselves in the foot because now people yep. actually want Bobby Lashley to be the champion. So yep. so now you're in a situation where you're going to try to run this back and McIntyre is going to win at WrestleMania and you're going to try to redo the last year of his run. Except now the fans are going to there's going to be fans there to actually boo him now because now everybody wants Lashley to be the champion. So yeah. Yeah, they're just, they're just just shooting themselves in the foot with how they've how they've gone about doing this. Because um, what this really should have been is McIntyre holding the title the whole time and Lashley beating him for it at WrestleMania. Then maybe you can build to next year's WrestleMania and maybe McIntyre can beat him for it like a year from now, the and then that helps everybody. Win the title like that was nonsense. Then have Lashley beat the Miz on Raw. Then break up the Hurt business. Like the that's whole another thing. thing. Is- yeah. The whole thing is just not, but that's why I feel like McIntyre is going to win yes. is because they broke up the hurt business. And I think McIntyre is going to win. Same. So I think Randy and Bray is going to be an absolute disaster. Same. I think the crowd is going to crap all over that match. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's that. Let's make predictions what though. We're going through them. Just get them out on the record. You got, okay. so, so with, so with Roman, we're we we were all kind of all over the place. Um, yeah, I'm just well, going here. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm, matches, I'll, I'll just see. go because you can literally just say winners and losers when I go through this until we get to something that's actually worth talking about. So Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler versus tag team term, turmoil winners. Um, oh, I'm on. I'm sorry. I'm on night two. Let me start on night one. Night one, uh, Lana uh, and Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina. The winner of that match wrestles Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax the next night. So, which team do you think will win that one? I have no idea. Just pick it. I don't. I don't care either. So, I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say, dude. I'm going to say Lana. Lana's team. Lana yeah, and Naomi. Sure. She finally, she finally wins a big one. Yeah, that this will be, and then she'll it's put Nia Jax. moment. She'll put Nia Jax through a table at night two, and that'll be the big like. Who, who cares? Yeah, After that, we have the next one. The next one, well, this will be a good match. There's no stakes, but it'll be good. Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like they're kind of pushing Cesaro, right? I think he re-signed recently, and that's a big part Seth of Seth Rollins' gimmick is awful. <laughs> uh, his whole drip troll crap. Like, oh, my God. The poor guy, like he deserves it too. Like I don't, that, I don't, I have mixed feelings on Seth, and I didn't yeah. at all when he first signed. Like I was all aboard, big Seth Rollins fan, but now this dude is just a mess. Um, anyways, uh, I'm gonna go with Cesaro. I'm going with Cesaro too for the same reasons. I just think it's an opportunity. I mean, he's had many opportunities. Or it's not his fault that I mean that he's not booked to win big matches, but like if. If it looks like they are trying to get behind him more, I don't know why they haven't already up to this point. Even if the guy isn't good on the microphone, the Heyman thing didn't work out, but that was more on Heyman's end than on his end, and that was more yeah. about Brock Lesnar. There's a lot of reasons there, but I'm with you. I think I think Cesaro should get this win, and it doesn't really hurt Rollins to lose at this point. He's always kind of be going to be like a top WWE guy no matter what. So um, after that, we have the match that I'm probably looking forward to the least. We've got Braun Strowman taking on. I can't even Shane say this McMahon. without laughing. Yeah, Shane McMahon in a steel cage. I don't want to talk about it. Just give me a win or a lose. I do not want to talk about this match. <laughs> um, uh, I think Shane's uh, – no, no I, I don't know. Um, damn. This is taking way too long. I'm taking Braun Strowman. Um, yeah, because who's the face? Braun? Yes, because 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 um, 
Shane McMahon slimed him with Nickelodeon gag. So. And, and he did hopscotch, I saw. Anyways, okay, so we'll go with Braun. And I think Shane will take some type of bump that'll make this match at least worth it. Next. The only way Shane wins is if it's like Vince McMahon, St. Valentine's Day's massacre, massacre style, and he gets like thrown through the cage or something. Like that's the only yeah. way. Um, or off the cage. You're um, right. Yeah, off I'm the take, cage. But I'm going to take Braun still because yeah, who cares? After that, we have... The New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos, which I'm actually looking forward to because if Omos can wrestle at all, I'm very excited about the potential with him because of his size and his look. I I, bet he sucks. He's been, I gotta give him credit though. The little bit he's done, they, they, they fancy it up with the camera angles and stuff, but he does look brutal when he's holding people up in the air and throwing them through stuff. I mean, but, I bet he is so bad, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, with AJ and him. Or this is what I really dread. New Day wins and AJ and him break up, and then they feud. So that could happen too. I'm going to go with New Day actually then. Yeah, New Day. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go with AJ and Amos because I think, I think that they will – I mean, inevitably they will split, but um, I think they're going to be a little bit of a tag team for a minute. Um this is AJ's last year, and they're gonna give they're gonna basically make him his whole last year trying to put this guy over. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna be one of two things, man. He's either gonna go out there and surprise a lot of people, or it's gonna be like we were talking about last week, and it's, it's gonna be a Stanley basketball you know, oh. office moment where where like Omos gets out there and he can't move around. We're all like, oh no, oh no, we thought he was gonna be good. He's he's gonna look like Kali. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Oh my god! Just goes out there, starts chopping people in the head. Giant Gonzalez. Yeah. Oh man. Right. Anyways, after that, oh here we go. This is a banger. Um, feel free to send super chats if y'all have thoughts of this incredible lineup. We've got uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. This is so bad. Versus versus the Miz and Morrison. Um, a lot of people Bad are into Bunny. this. Bad Bunny's winning this thing. There's 100%. no way he's losing. And Miz would have no problem putting him over because he's all about just being put on entertainment magazines and everything else. Like he, He's all for the pub. And he likes creating WrestleMania moments, and they'll be like, hey, you remember when Bad Bunny beat the Miz? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's Bad Bunny's going to win. Yeah, 100%. One, one billion percent Who Bad Bunny's going to win. Bad Bunny would have been teaming with Punishment Martinez. Good God. Well, not me, because I didn't know who Bad Bunny was until I saw him on WWE. Uh, so, yeah. um, but but I, here's the thing. I get why they why he's a part of the show. I like the fact that he's a fan. Like I, he seems to be I, will, I will go Ryan Satin on you if you don't like Bad Bunny. Oh, yeah, right. Well, my thing is, like, I don't know Bad Bunny. So it's just like it just is what it is. But I know I don't he had care about Bad Bunny. Like, Neither do I, I but, but there are millions of people that do, and that's the whole point. Like, but that's are the whole point. Millions of people gonna watch. I don't know. Yeah, but they don't. They I don't get care it. what I we think. It. Okay, so after that match, we already talked about. Final answer for a winner or loser, though: Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. Okay, um, Drew McIntyre. I'm going Drew McIntyre as well. I think we both want Bobby to retain, but the smart pick's probably Drew. But I do think it'll be a very good match. Both guys have had very good matches. The stories have been they lame, wrestled like, each other too. They, and it's they been good. Each other it's too. been good. It's so, been good. Yeah, they have chemistry. It'll yep. work. 
Um, and then we have Sasha and Bianca, which we both agree will probably be a really good match. I think that Bianca wins. What about you? I, I think Bianca wins as well. All right, so that's night one of WrestleMania. I'll say on paper it looks like about Imagine a- if Sasha feuds with Io Shirai. Ooh, that would be good. It would be good. It would. I'm going to say WrestleMania night one on paper looks like about a about a four out of ten. <laughs> it's definitely not the one I'm looking forward to. That's for sure. Yeah. What do you What do you rate it? If you had like a one out of ten round numbers uh, scoring system on paper, uh, WrestleMania part, night one, I, I'd say it a four out of ten on paper. I'm like five, maybe. I would be close to six if they had another decent match on there. That's basically yeah. where I'm at. And it's mainly just because I'm excited about having a crowd. It's the first time we'll see a crowd with the interaction, the whole nine. Like, I'm saying on paper, uh, though. Big just at the matches. Okay, yeah. just the matches, it's a four. But okay. because it's mania with those matches, it's it's a close to a six. I understand. I'm trying to separate my idea because I because I am excited to see fans, like I've said. like That will add to this, seeing real, yes. real crowd. Um, because realistically speaking, I'm only actually really looking forward to Seth Rollins and Cesaro, uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. I think Bianca and Sasha will be pretty decent, and I want to see Omos in the ring. But if he sucks, then that's going to be a gigantic letdown for me. Um, and, and, and my my hopes aren't super high. I just want I just want him to be okay because I I do think he the guy looks unbeatable just by looking at him, and I think that's that that's something that you just don't see that often. Moving yeah. on. Night two, we have Shanna Baszler and Nia Jax taking on the tag trip. Whoever wins the women's tag match tonight. Lana and one. whoever else. I don't even Yeah, remember. Lana um, and Naomi. Shana, I don't even know what Shana tag Shayna and Nia. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Lana gets the pin on Nia Jax. Yeah, and and a whole sure. bunch of people get really happy about that for some reason. Um, okay. after that, this match will be really good. The buildup sucks. But Riddle versus Sheamus is going to be a good match. Uh, who do you think wins that one then uh, for the United States Championship? I'm going to go with Riddle. I hope. Same. I love that he forgot his lines on Raw. That was hilarious. That was. <laughs> it's either he forgot or he thought they were so stupid that he just said, "No, I'm not doing this." Well, Fightful wound up getting a transcript of like supposedly what he was supposed to talk about during that, and like it wasn't surprising. Like it, it could have been either of what you just said. Yeah. It sounded real damn dumb what they wanted him to say. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go riddle as well. But I gotta give Seamus a lot of credit. He's having the most entertaining matches I've ever seen him have lately. So I will give him credit where it's due. Um and also now Riddle, uh, during his entrance, when he he flips his flip flops off his feet, um that cartoons birds? yeah, cartoon birds fly out of his ass. That's real. Screen, so. That's real. What do you mean it's real? Well, the birds aren't like, real, but yeah, they showed no, it on no, the show. No, no, but I mean, that, like, that's what they're really doing. Yeah, birds fly out of his ass and, like, towards the screen. Because I saw that on Twitter, but I thought it was just, like, people being dumb on Twitter. Oh, and, no. Like, like that's real. No, they've been doing it the last two weeks. Like, it's that's Holy a real thing. Holy crap. Why? Because they got the guy walking around talking about his bro nuts. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's where they're at with this guy. He's got a Razor scooter in 2021. Dude, I'm telling you. I don't mean to offend anybody, but with what I'm about to say, but like, this is the honest to God truth. And I'm a big riddle fan. Like, and I was yeah. a big fan of his UFC career, big fan of his indie career, but I've met damn the guy multiple times. He was damn good. And damn evolved. good. And now I can't remember. Oh yeah. So about riddle. Well, I just lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. Sorry. Okay. What I was going to say is this. If they had never done the Eugene character, that's what they'd be doing with Riddle right now. Oh my 
God. Have, no, I'm serious. It's pretty much the same thing. They've made him complete, oh. com- they've made him completely brain dead on the show. Completely. Oh it, it's God. it's so far beyond just like a typical stoner type thing. It's like they have made him almost sound mentally challenged with the way he communicates. Because oh. because if you watch his interviews too, like he'll be talking to like his character is like so annoying to the other wrestlers yep. that they disappear mid conversation to just get away from him. Like, so now what he, he's doing is disappearing mid-conversation. Like, oh, yo, yeah. No, I'm not doing that. I'm yeah, not. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was so funny. He's like, you, ever, you guys have scooters in Japan, Oscar? Yeah, uh, like, yeah well, you know what? And also, <laughs> you know what? This is so dumb. I'm just no, going to get out I'm of here. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyways, I'm going to take Riddle. Um, But I do think it'll be a so good match. Bad. Uh, the buildup for the God. match, by the way, is Sheamus beating Riddle uh, like last week on Raw. That's like the buildup for WrestleMania's. Anyway. Um, we have Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, which on paper looks great. Um, I think it'll be a good match, but the Logan Paul thing makes no sense yeah. to me. Like, so could you imagine when you were watching Ring of Honor, you're like, yeah, this is going to be going to WWE, and they're going to add Logan Paul in it at Mania. Like, what? Why? I know it just doesn't. Matter. And, and I like Logan Paul to be honest. Like, I do. And like, is Logan um, Paul going to knock out Sami Zayn? Like, it's just oh, oh my god, you know what? that's probably exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's just like we went yeah. from fight forever to just like Sami Zayn looking like a hobo and bringing in freaking. Logan Paul. Dude, I, I had like all these visions for years about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens wrestling one-on-one at West, WrestleMania one day. And it, this and is it was, not what you thought. Well, well, my vision was like a babyface Sami Zayn, a heel Kevin Owens, and like that's the match where he hits the brain buster like on the top turnbuckle because he's never hit it in the WWE. And like if you're going to ever go for it, like that's the moment, WrestleMania, the two of those guys together with all their history – but now I'm thinking more along your lines. It's like this will Kevin Owens will probably win because Jake or Jake Logan Paul will probably like punch Sami Zayn. He'll like turn around and do a stunner and like that'll probably be yep. it. Um, yep. So That's I'm going to take Kevin. It'll be Kevin Owens for my prediction. I do not expect this to be like one of their great matches. I think this is more for entertainment aspects. Agree. You have Kevin Owens as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. After that, we got the Nigerian drum match that we've uh, previously discussed. Big E. And, yeah, we both got Big E. Moving on, we have The Fiend and Bray – The Fiend and Bray Wyatt. The Fiend and Alexa, yeah, and Alexa Bliss um, against Randy Orton. And it's great because, you know, charcoal, you have – Charcoal Man and Randy Orton. <laughs> dude, and I think he looks so dumb in that – So bad. Suit. And I remember listening to you and Jesse, and she was just like, yeah, I think he looks cool. And I'm like – what? Did I say what? that I thought he looked dumb? I had to have, right? Um, I, I think you kind of held your breath. You were just like, yeah, that's cool. Like, well, there's a lot of people that watch that show that like were really into it, so I didn't want to like totally, no, like, you know. I get but, it. There's no, I, I think it's bad. Him, but it looks really bad. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really bad as well. Um, does Does Randy Orton win this, or, or is Bray now, or is the Fiend, a burned Fiend like a new Kane that's like going to terrorize? You know, I mean... Uh, I just it's because here's the thing too it's like this is just like a singles match right like no stipulation yep. or anything but we have a card full of Nigerian drum matches and yep. turmoil matches and Logan Paul and Bad Bunny cage and- matches yeah all these things that are like the stakes have been raised there's a guy who's been literally burned to death in front of us and they're just having a one on one wrestling match at Wrestlemania um 
I, I don't know. This is actually probably the hardest one to predict on the whole show. Um, I mean, it would make a lot more sense for The Fiend to win. So I'm going to say The Fiend. But I'm going to say Randy just because, like, he's been getting, like, screwed around with all the stuff and, like, messed with. And, like, this will be, like, his final way to get revenge. Yeah. And then maybe The Fiend is dead after that. And then Bray Wyatt just comes back as Bray Wyatt. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's possible, too. All sounds pretty lame. After that, we have Oscar yep. versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. This could be a good match. The buildup was Rhea Ripley um, debuting on Raw and then asking for a match at WrestleMania for the title. Um, it was going to be Charlotte, Oscar, Rhea Ripley, I'm guessing. But they took Charlotte out. I don't know. Yeah. It would um, be a good match, but I, I don't know. I guess Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I'm going to take Rhea as well. I think it'll be solid. I like Asuka, and I like Rhea. I'm just – she's like anybody else, though, that's been recently called up. I don't know what – ultimately, it just matters what Vince thinks about her, and I don't know what he yeah. thinks about her. Um, and then we have the main event, which I, I really do think will be very good, and this is the main reason yep. that I'm, I am watching the show. Like, this is, this is good stuff. Roman Reigns, Edge, Dan O'Brien. We've talked about it a little bit already. Um, I'll throw it out there. I think Edge pins Dan O'Brien – um, yeah, I think that Edge wins the title because it's the whole 10 years from the time he lost the belt and Roman doesn't have to take a pin. And then I think they do Roman and Edge one-on-one a month or two from now and Edge and Roman beats Edge to get the belt back one-on-one and then doesn't, doesn't, uh, he holds it until they can finally do him in the rock, you know, next year at WrestleMania, if they can, if they can put it together. But because I think as much as I want Roman to keep the belt and I've been very strong about that the whole time. I think that this in this scenario, it doesn't hurt Roman at all because it's strictly Edge beating Daniel Bryan. And then as long as Roman beats Edge one-on-one whenever they, they wrestle for the title, Roman doesn't actually lose out anywhere, I feel like. So I feel that Roman is going to win and Edge is going to be the rated R superstar against Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan cost him everything. He cost him his moment. He cost him all this. Like He's he's a young punk that's in his way, and, and every day the door closes on Edge further and further, and he just he's super pissed that Daniel Bryan even got involved. So I think it's going to lead to an Edge-Daniel Bryan-type feud and because at the end of the day, Roman is a heel, and if he faces Edge as a heel as well, you have two heels, and it just doesn't make sense. So to me, Edge is the rated R superstar. It makes sense that he would go after the baby face Daniel Bryan. Sure, I get that too. I think that all logically speaking makes makes total sense. But this is the WWE, and they don't make a lot of logical decisions. So I could be totally wrong. But that's it's also what I'm going to go with. It's also totally possible that you know that does happen, where <laughs> where even if Edge wins the title, you do get Edge and Daniel Bryan like the next month or the month after and Roman's just losing his mind and destroying everybody in front of him until he gets another shot at that belt. And as long as ultimately Roman Reigns is the champion most of the next year and isn't taking any pins or submissions himself, I'm okay with it. Um, But there's a lot, there's good option. And they can always go that whole story with edge where he had to be the rated R superstar to, to, but like, you know, it was only for that, you know, like, but he's not, I like, but I do like the rated R superstar gimmick way better than like the, I'm happy to be here again, edge that we had before. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. 
almost like a paranoid edge too. Like he knows his time's almost up. And so yes. he's like, I have to do this right now, you know? Yeah, for I sure. Like that. that sense um, of urgency. Okay, so that's a wrap on WrestleMania. Real quick, I just want to know your thoughts on the Will Ospreay Kota Ibushi match. Yes. Um, I thought the match was very good. I knew the How finish. strange was it that they immediately went into like five minutes of mat wrestling? Yeah, the the only reason I I was expecting that is because when the person who sent me the match to watch, um, <laughs> when I when I opened it, I saw how long the fi- the video was. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is like an hour long video. So there, I figured there was it was gonna start slow, but yeah. um, but in all, of course, I knew the outcome before I watched the match. So that took a little bit away from it because like I I knew Osprey was gonna win. Oh, dude, like I legit popped. I had no idea. I stayed away from the internet. I woke up in the morning. I put on New Japan, and I watched it. And man, when he when he when he gave him the the elbow, I was like, holy crap he might win this thing. And then when he did, and I was just like, <laughs> cause it like, yeah. it's a, it's another level for Osprey that you can't take away. Now he's a new Japan champion. And so like it, the credibility is there and just makes everything fresh now. Like, you know, it's not Naito and Jay white and all that, you know, it's, it's it, Okada, it, Tanahashi. Abushi yeah. was fresh as a champion, but we had seen him in a lot of different matches. And you could say someone for Osprey too, but like, I just, I love it. I'm not sure about the United Empire. I think Jeff Cobb's a nice muscle piece for him. And uh, I'm not a big fan of the other two guys, but I do like the faction in itself. And it seems like they're getting a big push and Osprey is the guy and they already sold out their next show. So like, that's a good sign. Um, but I, I absolutely love Osprey. I think he's amazing. And if you notice, his style has definitely changed. He is oh, yeah. nowhere near the high flyer he was. But it's kind of like Shawn Michaels, like 1996-ish, where he's like extremely athletic. He'll bump. He'll take. He'll do some high spots. But he's like picking and choosing now. He's not just going balls to the wall like he used to. Um, but he can have great matches with Shingo. And he can do everything. He can do 450 splash. He can do all this stuff. But he just doesn't do it just like – random spot fest anymore and i i feel like he's gotten way better on the mic like i think he's ready man i think this is his time and i really think there's going to be some serious competition for wrestler of the year this year yeah i mean he's he's an incredible wrestler like you know there's a few things like i like like for instance i really like that jeff cobb attacked uh Dakota Bushi right after the match too because i do want to see a high profile match between those two yeah. Um, I am confused about the booking because it just felt like we waited so long for Abushi to win it, and then, yep. and then they made this whole new belt, and like it was for him and all this stuff. And the next thing you know, someone new has it. Um, what, the old, this is gonna sound really strange, and there's probably you probably totally disagree, and you have to let me say this through. Yeah, good. I like. I like the Stormbreaker better than the Oscutter, but yeah. I don't. But I don't like the Stormbreaker as a finisher. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, like, I, I the only dig I've ever had on Osprey, it's very similar to my. I say the same thing about Trey Miguel all the time with the with yeah. the Meteora. 
His right. whole move set is cooler than his finisher. Like everything else he does is cooler than his finisher. And I just don't, yeah. that, that's the only thing that's strange to me. Even the Oz cutter, it looks impressive, but it's like, after I've seen him do all this other stuff, you're winning with the diamond cutter. Like I see people do that move all the time now. You know what I mean? Right. So I will that's, say that's this, that the, the back elbow to the head now has really become his big finisher. And if you mix it with the other moves, I think it looks pretty damn good. That's a good point. Cause he did hit the back elbow before yes. the Stormbreaker. So yes. I do agree there. Um, but I do think the back elbow as a finisher alone is the best of his, of those options uh, right. to, to just finish matches by whacking people like that. Well, and it's perfect cause he's a heel and it, it just brings a more vicious side to him. And uh, I just think it works really well, especially when you mix it with the high flying. Like to me, um, an athletic high flyer that has a vicious streak that also can go hardcore. Like those are some of the best wrestling matches you can find. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Osprey's run. I think he faces Shingo. I think he beats Shingo, and then him Same. and Okada in a stadium is gonna be sick. And he needs to go so, over Okada. He has to. Yeah, that's that's huge because he's never beat Okada, and so that that would be a thing. But damn, dude, if he does that, he's beating Abushi, Shingo, and Okada like within three months. So then it's like he's the guy, guy. You know what I Except mean? Except for the real guy, guy. Whatever. Kenny Omega, what are you talking about? Yeah, okay, I get it, but I, I no, dude, like... I'm just kidding around. I know you love Osprey. I'm just trolling you. Like, no, 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 I, 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 no I get it, but but I, I with, to me with Kenny, it's like we are getting a totally different version than the New Japan version. Like, yes, when he wrestles, it's big and all that, but like it's it's all over the place right now. And I feel like with Os, what he's going to have a problem with Osprey is Osprey is just going to have a set schedule. He's going to go out there every pay-per-view, every big uh, New Japan day match or whatever, and he's going to kill it. And Kenny, I just don't know. I don't know how many times he's actually just going to go out there and just kill it. Yeah. So how many I, opportunities uh, Kenny's will? Because Kenny can do it every time, but how many opportunities will Kenny have? Sure. And one other thing that I think was interesting is I have heard some kind of chatter here and there from fans that that kind of – who knows if this is the truth or not, but they're kind of saying like, cause a lot of people are confused about like Abushi losing the title right now, especially with yeah. Omega, like calling him out recently and stuff. And it's like, that's obviously like the biggest, you know, non WWE match in the world would be the Abushi and Kenny. Don't you think though, um, like, let's say Osprey goes on like a year reign all the way yeah, to Wrestle Kingdom. Him and Kenny would be huge. It would be huge, but they just don't have that backstory like him no. and Kenny, right? But, um, but uh, he blew as much brain of thought. Today. But like Osprey, he could literally say, "Like I took your spot. I'm the top guy, Jin. Now you left this company, and now you're over there playing with your little friends. And like I'm the best wrestler in the world. Like they could have a legit good story in that too." Yeah, yeah, they really could. I mean, he's gonna have Osprey's gonna have a bunch of good matches. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I was gonna say something about that, but I lost my train of thought. It's just been a, it's just been a long day, and my brain's fried. No, it's okay. It's okay. I've, but I've but I think but but I think Osprey is obviously an incredible wrestler. Like I don't think anybody's uh, I don't think anybody can say any differently that he's just he's a, just a super solid in ring worker. Um. 
Well, I'm trying to think. There was something I'm going to say about his New Japan, uh, but I'm sure I'll remember and I'll just hit you up on the DMs or we'll talk about it next week. But I am I am looking forward to seeing his run with the belt. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see kind of where it all how it all plays out. And all of a sudden, that belt doesn't look so bad now that he has it. I don't know what it is. Is it something about it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But he's got the Rev Pro belt. He's got that belt. He had the trophy from the New Japan Cup. Like. He's living his best life right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, that's another thing where if, if him and Kenny did clash and they're both holding a bunch of belts, like that does look pretty cool. Like seeing something where like, it really feels like everything's well, on the if, line. And what if both of them are like borderline wrestler of the year, both of them right there, like neck and neck. If we had like the Adam Cole and, um, you know, Kenny Omega type, when it was that run, like what if it was the same thing, but you could see him wrestle at the end of the year. I mean, I think that's huge. Like yeah. imagine Osprey and Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that'd be like, and I know we, I know we called out punk and all that stuff, but I mean, like you, you're, you're really wishing for the stars to think that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I do not have my hopes up at, 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 at to any level that we'll see CM Punk wrestling again. Like if we do cool, I, I'll, I'll watch, but like, I'm not, I'm not sitting there like every AEW pay-per-view, like, right. Is he again, coming? Like, yeah, exactly. So, all right, Steven, let's call it a night. It's been a late night. If you guys haven't yet, please hit that like button or appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to, you know, we didn't even go over hardly any MMA stuff. We have a ton to go over on that too. So next week might be uh, heavy on some MMA and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be weird though, because NXT will be on Tuesday. Um, uh, Impact on Wednesday or uh, AEW on Wednesday, Dynamite Impact on Thursday. So it's, it's definitely going to be a change in the schedule. Um, but We'll be here, and uh, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. So if you guys, like I said, please hit that like button, subscribe, all that good stuff, um, and uh, follow me and Steve on Twitter. I'll post the links. I'll clean this thing up when we're done and put some timestamps on and stuff like that. But we really appreciate it, and we will catch you guys later. Yeah, enjoy wrestling. IWTV, use code Fight Talk. Supports my show, independentwrestling.tv. Watch, watch independentwrestling.tv, showcase of independence. Use code Fight Talk. Thank you, guys. All right, everyone. That'll do it for that episode of me and Doug talking pro wrestling. And like I said at the top of the show, make sure to support Wrestle Rumble and win yourself some big prizes this weekend for the WrestleMania Pick'em Contest and the belt giveaways. Once again, like I said at the top of the show, WrestleMania Pick'em Contest, first place is $1,000, second place is 100 and third place is 100 they have the Stone Cold Belt Giveaway, giving away that Legacy Championship Belt, that one of 500. And they're also doing the Legends of WrestleMania Belt Giveaway for the Custom WrestleMania Moments Belt, the Smoke and Skull Steve Austin Belt, and the Brahma Bull Rock Belt. So multiple two different contests that are literally only $1 to enter for you know replica title belts, which is just always insane that they do that. It's awesome. And $10 entries... So one entry for 10, three entries for 20, or five entries for 30 on the WrestleMania Pick'em Contest with $1,000 on the line for first place. So jump on there, win yourself some cash, win yourself some prizes. The website is WrestleRumble.com, and make sure to follow them on all social media at WrestleRumble. Until next time, be back talking some more MMA, talking more pro wrestling right here on the Fight Talk podcast feed. Thanks for all the support. Give us a like, give us a subscription, a follow, 
good review, good rating, all that stuff helps a lot. Follow me on Twitter at fighttalk underscore, and I'll see you next time.